By the way, um, uh, we're live on my end. Just okay. my All right, thank you. Stand by. Mm -hmm. Copy my links. You need something? Oh, no, no, just checking if the uh, Otis, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah I know. I let him in. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, Miss Renita and everybody else on the live stream. How are you guys doing today? Happy Monday. I'm going to go ahead and grab the links and send those out to everybody. And what's up? What's up? Oh, yeah. There we go. Thank you. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you by J. Michael Fashion for everyone. Let's get some Monday headlines. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Good morning, Blake. How you doing? We I are, missed you. We are good. Missed you as well. Missed you yes. As well. What's up? So let's dive right in. A um, couple things. Uh, obviously, people might have noticed some delays over the weekend if you were traveling this weekend. Um, so we're pleased to say that there were a few delays due to a part that was coming from Europe for one of the jets. It has now arrived in the Cayman Islands. So after today, I mean, there will be no further delays, but the Miami flight came in close to one o'clock last night. Um, so if you were traveling on that, obviously, you came in airways? Yep, Cayman Airways out of Miami. Um, it affected uh, the Miami route on Saturday as well. So that was delayed um, over three hours. And so, yeah, they're back to uh, their regular schedule now. So in case people wondering what was going on, mm. that was the cause of that situation. And we flew on uh, uh, Cayman Airways on Saturday mm -hmm. from Tampa. And uh, we were uh, early, actually. It was, it was yeah. a great flight. Yeah. Um, so much yeah, so that it didn't, we, uh, it didn't impact everyone, which is good. Yeah. So, we even landed um, a bit early, uh, right, like ten minutes before uh, the BA got in. So it was just really nice to to just skip right through the immigration before the the big plane unloaded. It was nice. Oh, that's always nice. I yeah. always like when that happens. Um, speaking of travel, if you have the red British passport, which I have to raise my hand, I have one of those. Mm -hmm. um, you, there's a couple things going on for the Burgundy passport that you will want to know. So those were issued before the UK actually left the EU. And um, some of them might be coming up for expiration depending on when they were issued. So just double check it. Of course, all passports should be valid for a six month period if you're intending to travel. I'm hearing of some people who are running into issues with that. Um, some countries have a three month validity rule. So just make sure that you check for wherever it is that you're traveling. Mm -hmm. And the people should also be reminded that those passports are only valid for 10 years from the issue date of the passport. And if they were issued prior to the UK leaving the European Union uh, with additional months added on, those extra months are no longer valid. So that's kind of important to know. So um, just make sure, you know, check all your documents. If you're traveling, you know exactly what is going on so that you're in the know. A couple uh, of really, things really happened. On the, on the passport thing? Came Sorry? In doesn't, really quick on the passport thing because we're sure. renewing one of, uh, one of ours. Uh, a U.S. passport, if you're renewing, um, 
they haven't named a, a consulate yet. So the U.S. consulate mm-hmm. won't be back here in Cayman until September. So you have to set up an appointment. Now, the thing with your passport is um, you can still travel on your current passport until you get a new one. Also, Cayman doesn't uh, have the six-month policy here. So you can uh, arrive here in Cayman even up to when your passport, the day it expires. So that's not an issue if you're a U.S. passport holder. Hmm, That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's stick to passports before we wrap this segment up. If you're traveling to Cuba, uh, it makes you ineligible for the ESTA, the U.S. visa waiver. So make sure. I never actually knew this. This was kind of something new for me. That is new. Yeah. People looking to travel um, to the United States on what we call the ESTA, which is Electronic System for Travel Authorization, are being advised to avoid traveling to Cuba because, um, you know, it's apparently making you ineligible since January of 2021 for an ESTA. So travelers are not uh, being barred from entering the U.S., but they'll need to apply for a non-immigrant visa at a U.S. embassy or consulate. And of course, we know the ESTA makes it really easy to kind of just come in in and out of the U.S. They're issued for a period of like two years each, um, and it just makes your life super, super easy. So, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting because I actually never knew that. And I think that most people, what they do is um, they travel on their Cayman passport, and then they have a UK passport for the ESTA to go in and out of the U.S. But you shouldn't, the authorities here have informed me that you should not um, have them even stamp your Cayman passport. Right. If you go to Cuba. They used to not do that, but I think they do stamp your passports now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just got to be uh, real careful on uh, on going there. Uh, yeah. you know, and knowing what you need to do if you're traveling in other places after going to Cuba. So, yeah. Okay. So those are your headlines this morning. By the way, do you have global entry? Do you have a U.S. passport? No, no, no. Okay. Not, yeah. But you can, if you have a U.K. passport, you can get global entry into the United States, which will save you a ton of time, by the way. Really? We probably, yeah. Look into it. Cause my wife has okay. it. She's a British passport holder. And it takes and, care of the whole family or each individual member has to. Each member has to apply for it, but okay. even Miles, our four-year-old, has global entry. When you go to immigration, those long lines you see, like in Miami and Tampa or wherever you're going in the States, you can avoid all of that mm-hmm. and go straight through. Basically, they, uh, the short line, you're in, you're through immigration in less than five minutes. All but right, we got to run. It's worth it. All right, we'll see you. Uh, style up the summer with the latest. Bigger, bigger, better, better, older, older. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, older, older, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record I've come to shine the light on you. Let me introduce myself. I am the cold.
Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman, live, direct, it's the cold, hard truth. Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936-2626. That number again is 345-936-2626. Good morning, good morning, K-Man. Happy Monday, July the 24th already. Can you guys believe it? I surely cannot. Hope that you guys are doing well, getting all sorts of messages. Just restarted the landline, the phone line, I should say, 936-2626. Beautiful day here in paradise. We're going to talk about it. So I hope that you guys are having a uh, fantastic day, morning so far, start of a new week. Are we not excited? Yes, we are. We got lots to do. Hello, everybody. Ooh, honey child, the messages are coming in strong this morning. OMG. Mm-mm. What a ting. Um... Lots of you were messaging last week about the housing situation. My understanding is that by next week, the premier should have some information for us on the National Housing Task Force, which Minister Brian mentioned on uh, Thursday, and we should have some details um, about what their recommendations are. So we'll get a feel for what the government has been doing in relation to, you know, how they're going to put maybe some controls in place as it relates to housing, if any at all. It's it's going to be a very delicate balance without a doubt, because as you might have gleaned from the show on Thursday, you know, there is a balancing act. Um, I was actually away this weekend. I went away on Friday and Saturday. We're going to talk about the situation with Cayman Airways here in a second. But um, I must say that I had someone call me on Saturday morning. I was like, I'm away. They still didn't care, honey, child. They're like, I got a landlord issue I want to talk to you about. And so they were talking about, you know, an issue with their landlord and essentially the landlord doing certain things that they were not happy with. Here's my general advice. When you have a breakdown in the relationship where your landlord is starting to encroach on your space, for example, um, coming into your place when you're not there, There's just certain things that honestly, no one should have to tolerate. And if it's happening, I think it's fair to say that the relationship between landlord and tenant has probably broken down to the point where you got to go. Now, the problem is people are having issues with their landlords um, and they don't want to leave because they don't have anywhere else to go or they think they can't find somewhere else. And that's a problem for you all because... Your landlord, and this is what it came down to, this person was saying to me, you know, my landlord has given me notice. And I said, well, do you have a contract? You always start with the contract. Do you have a contract? And if the question or the answer to that is yes, then my next question is, what does the contract say? Because most contracts will give you a notice period. Sometimes it's a month. That's probably the vast majority of of instances. It's a month where you, um, you know, can give notice in either direction. Sometimes it's three months. So you've got to read your contract. You've got to know what your contract says. 
So the person said, yeah, I have a one-year contract and the notice period is, is a month, but I have a one-year contract. And I said, that doesn't matter. You can have a 20-year contract. There's always a notice period in your contract. So as long as the person is giving you notice within the notice period, yes, within the one month, they give you one month's notice, there's nothing that you can do. You can't force a landlord to keep you um, just like a landlord, you know, can't uh, force you to stay. <laughs> you know, that's just our, that's just how it is. So um, as long as they're giving you sufficient notice. And then they said, well, uh, you know, they're not telling me why they're giving me notice. They don't have to tell you why they're giving you notice. They could just not like the color of your eyes, honey chill. And um, let me squat so y'all can actually see me. <laughs> They cannot like the color of your eyes. It doesn't really matter. Well, we don't have, unfortunately, we don't have any anti-discrimination legislation in this country, which we should for housing, because in most jurisdictions around the place, um, you know, it's uh, uh, illegal to discriminate against people based on certain things, color, nationality, um, you know, those types of things, um, sexuality, that sort of thing. But in this country, we don't have those protections. And you're, and the, and the bottom line is your landlord doesn't have to tell you any reason whatsoever. They can just give you notice, just like you don't have to tell your landlord either why you want to leave. You know, if you don't choose to tell them, that's completely your business. Uh, and there's nothing... <clears throat> that stipulates that they have to tell you. I think for this particular person, there, there was another clause in their lease agreement where if they wanted to evict you within a shorter space of time, that was for more egregious behavior. And they might've been confusing, like, oh, they have to give me a reason for that, but not for the regular notice period. I'm like, yeah, they, they don't have to give you a reason. Um, you know, once they've given you notice, uh, you know, they're saying, can I take them to court? Can I fight this? And I said, well, the question in my mind is, what would you be getting out of it if you fought it? The court can't force them to keep you as a tenant. I don't see you getting any rewards, like monetary rewards in any way, shape, or form, just because somebody has treated you bad in a landlord-tenancy situation. The courts take a really long time just to even get a court date. You file documents, get a court. I mean, it drags on, right? Police officers are getting involved, and they have no clue about the landlord tenancy legislation. And so they're not really the ones to mediate either. Because sometimes I find that they are misinforming the public about what their position is. Once the relationship is broken down, folks, get, get to stepping. You know, it's one of the reasons, not one of the reasons, it is the single reason why I became a homeowner way back when. Because this situation of rogue landlords and tenants have existed forever, I feel like, probably to varying degrees. But now that we have more people being landlords and tenants, they don't have a clue what they're doing. They just slop a little contract together, renting you a coffin in their living room, and all of a sudden, you know, want to be able to make your life miserable. So, um, you know, I said to myself back then, I was not going to be at the mercy of any crazy person drug addict husband who was a landlord trying to steal people's stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me be beholden to the bank. <laughs> I mean, y'all can think whatever you want about these banks, but they're not rogue like these landlords, okay? There's a different level of insanity when you're dealing with some of these landlords. 
And I refused to subject myself to that. So I said, I can only afford a little apartment back in the day. In fact, the owner of the apartment was asking for more than the bank was willing to, um, the bank was willing to finance. So we did a side agreement where I was like, okay, let's do this side agreement. I pay you, you know, so much extra per month for this additional amount. And that's what I did to be able to get out of the landlord tenancy market. And you just got to be on your hustle factor, honey child, do whatever you got to do to make sure you can afford to pay the um, loan payment to the bank, you know, because these renters, and I know that, you know, that's um, a different situation for Caymanians versus the, um, the expats. But, you know, if you're here on a work permit, obviously home ownership is not even in the cards for you. And that's really quite unfortunate because those are the people who tend to be really, really taken advantage of. And um, it's it's just such an unfortunate situation. So we'll see what this housing um, task force has come up with. I think it'll be uh, certainly interesting. And, um, you know, we'll kind of take it from there. But let me just see... You know, the, the gentleman who called in on Thursday's show, who was sharing how some of his own experiences, um, you know, really, really interesting that he touched such a nerve that so many of you could relate to. Um, someone actually messaged me, and I, I want to clarify this because I think it's worth clarification. Someone actually messaged and said, oh, you know, this guy, I'm going to tell you all exactly what he said, what the person said. Hold on. Um, so they, they sent me a message essentially saying that this guy, this is what they said. Lord of mercy, a whole poppy show. You give me the mail caller with the picture of the bathroom. Slumlord caller is also, oh, you know what? I completely misread what that person said until just now. You know how when you're reading something again for the millionth time, it actually now makes sense? Uh, hold on, let me check something. Let me check something. Okay, my bad. Let me verify something. Um, oh, uh-huh. All right, honey chill. Hold on one second now. Y'all know we're going to be getting these things straight. Um, mm-hmm. Mm. All right, let me, let me verify this. Yeah, because I, I was a little bit confused, actually, by this message, because I think I was thinking that they got something wrong. But now I see what they're saying. They're talking about the landlord, not the tenant. And I thought they would talk about the tenant. Hmm. 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 Okay. Give me a second to verify something. <sighs> okay. Uh-huh. All right, let me verify. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, hmm. uh-huh. All right. We'll we'll look into that because now I understand what's going on. All right. We'll we'll circle back to that particular comment here in a second. Okay. But um, yeah. You know, these things are very very difficult. I'm curious to see what the um housing task force committee has come up with as a solution. Obviously, there's been a lot of lot of chatter in the community. Like I said, that gentleman hit a nerve. Because so many people can relate, and I think it's kind of sad when you think about it, that so many people have had bad experiences and can all relate to slumlords, harassing. I mean, I hear about people going into people's rooms when they're not there. Like the lady who called me on Saturday, she actually had a camera inside her place. The landlord went in there and unplugged the camera as they're like walking around your house. I'm like, oh, that gives me all kind of bejeebers. Why would you be going in somebody's house and unplugging their camera? What are you doing up in there? Right? That that tenant has the right to some degree of privacy. They're renting that space, no matter what it is. And you know what is so interesting? In this particular instance, it's like a partial, it's like inside of a house that she's renting. So she's like, oh, you know, can the landlord then take down the partitions that separate me from everybody else during this notice period? And I said, absolutely not. Listen, she's giving you notice, so you got to get out. The other thing that you should know about notice, which is really, really important, is once someone has given you notice, some people are like, oh, what if I can't find a place in that amount of time? That's not the landlord's issue. Unfortunately for you, you better, again, get to step in pretty quickly and try to find a new place because you get 30 days. That's not the landlord's problem, what you can do in 30 days. This is why when you sign, because... People are having buyer's regret, right? They sign a contract and then afterwards they're like, oh, you know, I don't like this clause. I don't like this clause. I said, here's contract 101. You cannot sign a contract. And then after you sign the contract, after the fact, say that there's certain elements of it that you do not agree with or you don't like. You should have never signed the contract to begin with. And unless it's something that's illegal or unlawful, you're not going to have a way out of that situation. So it's really, really imperative, folks, that you um, are, you know, cognizant uh, of um, what it is that you are doing when you sign these contracts. Do not sign a contract without reading it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Do not sign a contract without reading it and make sure that you are truly in agreement with the clauses. Because again, this was like, well, I don't like this clause. And I said, well, <laughs> that's too bad. You've already signed the contract and you've agreed to allow the landlord to do this, this, and this. You can't then change the terms of agreement unilaterally or one directional um, after you've already signed the contract. And that goes, you know, in both directions, to be quite frank and honest. So um, read your contracts, make sure you understand what they say, and you know that once you sign on the dotted line, you're in agreement. Now, in this market, if you know that it takes people an average of a month and a half to find a place, you should be asking when your landlord presents you with a contract to have that clause amended. Now, of course, the landlord has to agree to it, and the landlord can always say no. 
It is a renter's, um, not a renter's market. It is a landlord's market, a rentee's market, as the case may be. So what that means is that really and truly, they are the ones who are in a position of power. Like it or not, because they can find a tenant, boom, in two twos because of the shortages in the rental market. And I'm really, really curious to see how the, um, you know, beautification committee has taken that into consideration because that makes for a very uneven relationship between landlord and tenant. Landlords have 80% of the power. (laughs) Tenants really don't even have 20%, but let's give them 20%. And that's the reality of the situation because your landlord kicks you out. They can have five tenants lined up in no time at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Good morning to Ms. Vernita. Good morning to Diamond Princess. Luis is here. Steven joining us from the UK. Miss Sonia, how are you? I think you're in the UK vacationing as well. Ervalyn is here. Amiria says, good morning, Sandy, and all three islands. Another beautiful week ahead. Let's make it productive. Yes, honey child. Ooh, Ervalyn says, it is hot. Oh, Lord Jesus. Last week, we were talking about the heat. And let me tell you, this is the hottest month on record for the Cayman Islands. Y'all make that sink in. And I feel sorry for y'all now with that CUC bill. Because trust me, I stayed home the vast majority of yesterday. I went out a little bit in the morning um, to run a few errands. I grabbed some breakfast and then I came back home. I was so tired from my running up and down in the streets of Miami, I gotta be honest, that I needed to take a nap. And I literally napped for like four hours in the afternoon, which is probably not good, but child, I needed it. My brain was like, okay, get up. We got work to do in the computer. We got stuff to do. And my body was like, no, I'm in control here and you are not moving. You know, when you get to that point where you're so tired, the brain is so funny though, because the brain is still like, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Let's do that. And the body is like, pump the brakes. I'm in control and you're not going anywhere. I could not physically get up. Like I could not move. A lot of times when that happens to me, It means that I'm actually getting sick, like something is coming, a cold, COVID or something. Knock on wood, honey, yeah. Something's coming down the pipeline that is going to really wipe me out. And my body is like trying to already fight it before it starts to present symptoms. So I'm hoping that this week that I will have enough common sense to actually get sufficient rest. Because I know my body needs it. Like I'm a little bit tired this morning too, right? So yes, you know, those early morning flights, you're up at five o'clock in the morning, 4.45, 4.30. And then, you know, you're walking up and down all over the malls, chill. Mm -mm. Anyway, um, I'm going to try to go to bed a little bit earlier this week for sure. So yeah, I was was pooped. And Irvelyn, that AC had to be on, honey child. I'm like, listen, I'm going to just pay CUC. I am not complaining. I don't care. I'll be dancing, twerking on a pole somewhere in order to pay my CUC bill. That's fine. But I'm not suffering in none of this heat. This heat is madness. People are literally passing out and dying all over the place because of the heat. It's not going to be me. I might die for some other reason, (laughs) but it's not going to be um, for the heat. I can tell you that much. So, um, mm, no honey chill. I'm staying inside and, um, you know, yeah. Now, did y'all see this story the other day? I don't know if y'all saw this. This was actually really, really crazy. 
Uh, I'm going to play part of this this video for you guys. Delta Airline is being um, investigated by the, I guess it's the FAA. Uh, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get y'all this. Department of Transportation. That's what they're called. So the Department of Transportation is investigating a lengthy Delta Airline delay where passengers sat on the plane for nearly 90 minutes on last Monday in triple-digit temperatures. What? Triple? Let me let me say it again for those of you in the back of the classroom. Leroy, you back there this morning? You might have not heard what I said. Triple-digit temperatures. This is crazy. People passed out on the flight. Oh my God, I would have sued Delta in tutus had I passed out on that flight. Can you imagine? Check this out, folks. This is just crazy. I don't know what Delta thinking, but look at this. This is seeing triple digits, as you can see here with mm -hmm. our X-RAD radar. Well, earlier today, we brought you this update of a flight nightmare. Passengers stuck on a plane mm -hmm. in 111 degree heat in Las Vegas. It's a story that's now capturing national attention. And one of those wow. passengers happened just to be a Fox News field producer. Krista Garvin is joining us now on the phone to tell us about mm -hmm. her experience, what happened on board that Delta flight. Krista, can you hear me? How long were you stuck on the tarmac? Uh, yes, I can hear you. We were on the tarmac for a total of two and a half hours, um, ended up on the plane for a total of four hours. Wow. So tell us a little bit more about what that experience was like, how uncomfortable it was, and what you were just noticing with the passengers around you. Yeah, I would say when we first started taxiing out, we realized that there was a long wait uh, a lot of planes in front of us. We had to make the stops to wait in line. Once the plane stops moving, the air turns off. So that's when you started noticing the closer you got to stopping, the air was slowing down. All we really had was the overhead air, and it was very light. They told us all to open our air vents, to close our windows, and to just stay seated, and it wouldn't be too long. After the first, you know, hour, you could you really started to feel it. It was it was hot. It was it was really bad. There was a lot of people on the plane. It was a fully booked flight, and it just basically just kept getting hotter and hotter. At one point, the pilot came over the loudspeaker. We were fifth in line at that point. At one point, we were 13 in line, so we had made progress, and we were getting closer. The pilot came over the speaker and basically said, we're going back. We have a number of emergencies in the back of the plane, and we need to get back to the gate ASAP. Now, multiple passengers on board uh, suffered from medical issues during this. Tell us a little bit more about what you saw and how you felt health-wise during this. Yeah, um, luckily I had a water on me. They weren't passing out water, so a lot of people didn't have water on board. A lot of people were diabetic. They didn't have food. Um, you could start to see that the flight attendants were panicking as we were heading back to the gate. So I was more towards the front, but you could tell that something bad was happening in the back. There was also a person in first class that had fainted at that point. Um, by the time we got back to the gate, 
paramedics were waiting. There was an ambulance on the ground. They came on board uh, probably about, at first it was only a fire department, and then three to four other men came on board to help out as well with bigger backpacks. Um, as they head towards the back, you knew that people were getting sick. Uh, they were throwing up the sand. People came on board to clean everything up. A woman came up to the front. She was very faint, basically going down. They ended up running up and down the aisles with oxygen tanks. They had oxygen masks on people. At one point, they said over the loudspeaker, if you're having a medical emergency, please just press your call button so we can send someone to your seat. It was just chaotic. It was bad, and it was really, I mean, for me, it was traumatizing, so I can't even imagine what it was like if, I, if you were a child on the flight. There was babies on the flight. It was a lot to deal with. Oh, my gosh. It sounds like it. And I, I want to go back to what you said, though, about there being no water or food that was being passed out. Was it because they didn't have it on board already, or what was the explanation for that? I think the reasoning was while we were taxiing or moving or sitting still out on the tarmac, nobody was supposed to be getting out of their seats, including the flight attendant. Once we got back, even when we started heading back and they could tell that things were happening, they got water right away, got sandwiches out to, you know, some of they had the diabetics like raise their hand, pass out some sandwiches. They really did. I, I don't want to put down on the flight attendants because they did such an amazing job and they were in the same position we were in. Uh, one of the flight attendants, by the time we all got off, came out on a stretcher with an oxygen mask on. So they ended up canceling the flight because the flight attendants got ill. We were going to get back on at one point, and they just said, forget it, we'll do it in the morning, which they ended up canceling it the next morning as well. So it's just been quite the nightmare. Wow, yeah, Krista, I'm sorry that you went through that, that other passengers, I mean, everyone, the flight crew had to deal with all of this. You didn't make it out of Las Vegas on that flight, as you said. So when did you finally leave? I actually just landed in Salt Lake City, which is my layover to try to get back to Washington, D.C. about five minutes ago. So I left about an hour ago, Las Vegas. Oh, my goodness. So how, how is Delta going to fix this? How are they remedying the situation? Have you heard from them yet? So they sent us all, first of all, they gave us meal vouchers once we got off the plane. After four hours, they said, we need to get everybody off this plane to cool it down and hopefully we'll be able to take off. About two hours later, after they were taking people out on stretchers, they called it canceled the flight until 7 a.m. the next day. They gave us all hotels, um, as many as they could give out, because from what I understand, there was other flights that were canceled for similar situations. Ours just seemed to be one of the worst. Um, they gave us hotels, they gave us meal vouchers, and this morning I woke up to an apology email. Uh, they gave us 20,000 miles to our account, but it's actually kind of comical because in the first place, the flight we were on was overbooked. And they were giving out vouchers for $1,000 to not take the flight. And about eight people took the $1,000, and they're the luckiest people on that flight because we ended up stuck in the heat with paramedics on board. 
Oh my gosh, yeah, that, that's an understatement. Krista, I cannot believe what you and other passengers had to go through on this flight. Any other final thoughts on what happened? Anything else that you would like to add? This is, a, like you said, a traumatizing experience. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think that these situations need to be thought about more before you're leaving the gate. If you know that there's backup like that, which I'm assuming these, these airlines do, if there's 13 planes and they're stuck and you know that the air isn't going to be working while you're sitting there, it's probably not the best idea to go out there. I mean, I'm not, I'm no flight expert, but that would just be my mindset. And again, I, I do, my heart goes out to the people that were on that flight working because I know it was traumatizing for them as well. Oh, me too. Krista, thank you so much for joining us and sharing a little bit about your experience. Oh, my apologies. I still had my, my mic muted. Thank you. Thank you, Natasha. She's paying attention. She's like, honey, child, we can't hear you. All right. So listen, the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, I think is his name, says that the reports are shocking and that they are investigating. He went on to say, according to an interview at Reuters, I want to know how it was possible for passengers to be left in triple digit heat on board um, an aircraft. So... I, don't, I have no idea for that long. It's really crazy. He says that we're going to hold the airline accountable for any violations, including of rules around how long airlines may sit on the ground when pa with passengers aboard. So they have these rules. Uh, federal rules say that major U.S. airlines must allow passengers to get off if a delay lasts uh, three hours or longer for domestic flights. And for international flight, the threshold is four hours which to me is still ridiculous. I mean, really? Um, airlines must provide a snack and water if delays last longer than two hours. And so Delta said it is aware of and cooperating with the investigation. No doubt they're probably going to be looking at some hefty fines for this situation. I don't know whose decision this was. Uh, again, the airline has apologized for the incident. At least one person required medical attention for heat-related uh, discomfort. They're having a heat stroke. And um, they're looking to the circumstances that led to the uncomfortable temperatures inside of the cabin. The airline tracking website, Flight Radar 24, showed that the Boeing 757 aircraft left the, left the gate of uh, the Las Vegas airport on Monday afternoon, but never left the ground. The plane taxied to the end of a runway and then turned around and returned to the terminal. Wow. So pretty crazy. Um, airlines can face significant fines for violations of the delay regulations. And listen to this. In 2019, Delta received a $750,000 fine for 11 flights that violated the rule. The airline was given credit toward that fine for spending $450,000 on customer compensation and upgrading technology and processes. On Believable. Over 100 degrees. <sighs> People were stuck. Delta flight 555. Like that lady said, 
the um, eight people, because the flight was overbooked, who decided to take the $1,000 and run, boy, they must have went back to the casinos and tried to play some numbers because they're the luckiest, luckiest people um, in the world. Mm-mm. So, um, you know, they're still talking about the the heat situation um, causing wildfires in California, health warnings in places like Phoenix, temperatures measured above 110 degrees for 21 straight days, which is setting a new record for the city of Phoenix. So they're calling it a heat wave, but geez, I'm peace. Um, Harry Reid International Airport in Las Vegas saw temperatures of over 100 degrees on Monday. And so, you know, the excessive heat continues to um, cause problems. But I tell you what, you got to be sensible when you're dealing with certain things like you've got passengers sitting on a flight. Hmm. No, sir. Anyway, um, I, 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 oh, no, I can't even imagine. So listen, speaking of flight situations, you guys might have noticed this morning that we posted um, a story about Cayman Airways. So, um, you know, if you travel this weekend, you probably, only if you were coming out of Miami, really, you would be aware that there were some issues with Cayman Airways. So here's the lowdown. I'm going to give you all the full thing um, of what actually happened with Cayman Airways. So apparently Cayman Airways... um, had a part that was needed for one of the jets and it had to come from Europe and it did not come in the anticipated time frame. So one of the 7378s um, was basically, you know, an, on, what would you call it? Grounded, literally, for the weekend. And so that aircraft being grounded for the weekend impacted the schedule. And it's, it's a part that's needed for the aircraft's uh, weather radar. So pretty important part. Uh, they were expecting to get it earlier in the week. Um, that was the plan. Things did not go according to plan. They also had a sports charter that was coming out of, uh, where was that again? That one was coming out of Minneapolis. And so that charter also impacted the schedule which, you know, would not have normally uh, been there. And so um, that youth group, you know, they had to get back home. So basically two flights on Saturday were combined. I was impacted by that. I was supposed to originally come in at 3.30 Saturday afternoon. Then it was changed to 8 o'clock, and then it was changed back to 6 o'clock. So we were like three hours delayed. But you know what? Cayman Airways did send out their email notifications. Um, So we got it in enough time. I was aware of what was going on. I think the thing for me... And again, I say this all the time. I feel a lot of times this falls on deaf ears. And I don't know why y'all so stubborn with your deaf ears. Um, uh, Gabby says no sound on the radio. Hold on. Let me check my radio feed, honey. Gabby, you're the only person saying that. So let me double check. Gabby says no sound on the radio. Nope. Radio is good. Let me check my radio feed, honey. Yep. That's the streaming on the radio. So. Double check, honey, chill. Refresh, refresh, Gabby. Um, Yeah, so for me, if you know what's happening, listen, things happen, right? Y'all know travel, uh, you have a knock-on effect. One plane is down, it impacts the entire scheduling, perhaps. And so these things happen. 
you know, you expect it when you travel sometimes. And I must tell you, since um, since uh, Cayman Airways has had the Max 8s, there has been less of a delay. Like, I don't hear as many delays. Sun- Sunday was like the worst day to travel because the Cuba flight, that Cuba flight was always late, always delayed. And then that pushed down the Miami flight. Charles, sometimes you'd be rolling in like all midnight. That's what happened last night. They got in like one o'clock in the morning. Uh, it was just really, really a pain traveling on Sunday. And a lot of people avoid traveling on a Sunday wherever possible. I think if you just communicate to people, the people who are impacted, you let them know what's going on. You know, I saw in the women's group, someone posted up, oh, you know, my mother was coming in and you know, she couldn't get here in time. And so this one said, since when did Cayman Airways service the Minneapolis route? You see, people don't know what's going on. So of course they're going off of this flight radar, flight, flight radar 24. Everybody's now a pilot when they read that. And we think we all know what's happening. So I'm, in, I'm here to inform you all this morning now, honey, Jill. That was a direct result of a charter flight, right? So it's not that we service Minneapolis. It was a charter flight because there was a youth group there having some sports event. And so they chartered a Cayman Airways flight. So I think that Cayman Airways, like every other government agency, um, needs to communicate better with the general public. Just let people know what's going on. You know, we we will, you know, make accommodations and so forth. So, you know, when I heard, okay, they were going to be delayed, I was like, oh, honey, child, let's go to Target. <laughs> we can now make that Target trip, which was not going to be on the agenda before. Gianna was so tickled pink because she loves her Target, honey, Jill. Um, and, you know, people are going to make adjustments. But you have to tell them. When you don't tell them what's happening, that leads to speculation. So I'll tell you how bad the speculation got. One person said to me um, that, oh, you know, these Cayman, I- Cayman Airways planes are already falling apart and they're brand new and what the heck and did it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. But that's what happens when you don't communicate with people. They give you, they get all kinds, they start to guess and they start to circulate these messages and WhatsApp. You have got to control the rumor mill if you're a government agency or department. How do you control the rumor mill? You simply tell people, listen, we're waiting on a part from Europe. The part didn't come. We apologize. It's going to mean some delays, but we're, we're working feverishly to get it done. Safety first. Everybody loves Cayman Airways because they have an amazing uh, history and track record for putting safety first, right? We all love that. We all appreciate that. And nobody wants that to change at the same time, if there's a delay, it can inconvenience you and you all be getting all upset and all in your feelings. But, you know, let me be very, very clear. Um, that's, you know, sometimes going to happen. Sometimes you're going to have delays. Flights, planes are mechanical. They need parts. They need maintenance. And sometimes things just break or they, you know, need to be replaced. And uh, there's really not much you can do about it except try to get the part here as soon as possible. Now, it's interesting that the part has to come all the way from Europe and that there's nowhere in the Americas that had it because, of course, if it could have been sourced quicker out of the U.S., I'm sure that that would have been done. So the other thing I want to say about this situation is let's keep things in perspective here. On Saturday, they had uh, 10 jet flights, and it was only the Miami flight that was actually impacted by this delay. 
So, hello. One flight out of 10, 10 others, so one out of 11, really? That ain't too shabby when you think about it. Perspective is a hell of a thing, isn't it? Now, of course, if you were in the Miami flight, like I was, you might have still been tapping your fingers like WTF. But 10 other flights went in and out all over the place, and they were perfectly fine and on time. And in fact, somebody was saying earlier that um, that was Blake on 106, that his flight from, did he say Tampa? But his flight actually came in early. So it didn't impact everybody. However, let me say this. I'm going to thank Cayman Airways and the Cayman Islands government for having those MAX 8 flights, MAX 8, the 737 planes, right? Because, honey, chill, they had to do this subservice um, plane, which basically means that they had, uh, I forget what the airline's called, but they, they rented another company to bring us in out of Miami on Friday evening. I not seen a plane like that in my life yet. I don't know where they got a plane from. It's not the usual three seats that we're used to. Even in the older planes, they had three three seats on each side. This was like two seats on each side. First class, I feel bad for anybody who actually paid for first class. I would be demanding a refund because those first class seats were not first class seats. I don't know what they were. They didn't look comfortable at all. They might have had a little bit more leg room. There's only uh, four on each side. There's only eight of them in total. And let me tell you something. That flight made me in the, the the bins were so small, you couldn't even fit your overhead stuff properly. That really made me appreciate how fortunate we've been to have decent planes, even before the 737-8, the MAX 8. Those other planes were better than, than what I got on on Saturday. And I was just like, Lord, please just get us home safely. That's all we're asking for. Because this plane is nothing about no comfort. And poor me, I'm trying to sleep because y'all know I love to sleep in a plane. And my little head was like rolling around. Like I couldn't even get a comfortable position. I was just like, listen, um, what, what was the name of the carrier again? Um, I don't know. Some, some, and I was like, just, just get us home safe, please. Because no, 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 this plane just not. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. There was a pilot on the plane too. And I had to chuckle with him when I saw him. I was like, oh, thank you, Cayman Airways. <laughs> Ooh, honey, chill. They need to pick another sub subcontracting plane or company or whatever, because that one was just not it. That oh no. I was like, yeah, well, who who what company this is? Did they even hand out any water and refreshments on the plane? I don't think they offered any um service during the flight. I was just like, get me home. Hurry up and get me home safely. Anywho. Um, so big shout out to Kim Airways, but improve your communication, please. Y'all need to tell people what's going on now. Um, so that explains the, uh, and then the thing about it too, because you know the, the other routes like LAX. So on Sunday, there were no delays or anything from JFK or LAX. So again, it impacted, I think, Miami. Um, so they on Sunday, they split, um, they split something based on the number of flights, right? So the the longer routes, though, Los Angeles and New York, the thing about those is they have to be very, very careful because, again, they're very, very strict rules about how much rest staff, including pilots and the people working the flights, how much rest that um, they're required. So the crew is required to have 
depending on work schedules, a certain amount of rest where they're not actually working and on a plane. So, you know, if they don't get them back quickly enough, then they end up having to overnight or even longer in these other destinations. So that becomes even more of um, a problem. So, yeah, this is this is part of the business, you know. Um, so just let us know what's going on and everybody's going to be okay. Speaking of um, travel, so this morning at 11 o'clock, the government, um, the Minister of Tourism and Ports will be making an announcement about a new... Oh, hold on. Somebody calling me, honey, chill. But it shouldn't be ringing like that, so let me just unplug it and plug it back in. Whenever you see it ringing like that, that means the board isn't going to pick it up. Okay, hold on. I think I fixed it. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Mm-mm. Hello? No? All right, call, call me back, honey, chill. Call me back. Because um, anytime I can hear it ringing outside, that means that um. Why does this phone say? Um, why does it say this message at the bottom? Child, y'all know I know I know you an Android, Nana. I don't know nothing about these phones, honey, child. Um. Okay, here we go. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. What happened? I get cut off. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to fix it so we could hear you online. How you doing? I say Jamaica flight were also um, affected on Sunday too because I had a friend that was going on and their flight, that flight leaves on Sunday around four something and they were delayed till seven forty. They said okay. for the last um, thing they get on it and then my friend from down they called me because the family to them and asked me because they know they, that the plane always cross here. And I walk outside tell them I didn't pass because um, 740 is like 20 to 8. And mm-hmm. I walk outside until the mosquitoes come down. I had to run in and I never did hurt it. So I don't know if it went oh. last night at all. And then this morning it went out. But it, that normally passes here no later than at least two, three minutes past seven. And this morning it, it crossed exactly 10 past seven. So it was a little bit late this morning too. So I don't know. If um, they ever did went last night and they just um, canceled and went out this morning or what, but that went back to too by because I was saying that's funny. Uh-huh. You know, because like I tell um, my sister one day when she was talking about all these airlines being so late and the flights are so terrible, and I say, well, that must be the American carriers because we hardly have any delays on Cayman Airways. I say it mostly be the American airlines, and then my daughter went back. On on Saturday, mm-hmm. the time she never had no problem, so she just she just missed it. Then I guess, but like you say, things happen because they're on the planes, and we break down sometimes as humans. So it's expected. But then, like I say, they shouldn't put you on mm-hmm. no like belt on no flight and stuff because people is dying from heat. Don't mm-hmm. air away. Tell you it's just terrible. <laughs> yeah, oh well, yeah, know. that's for sure. Heat. In my 60 years, mm-hmm. but anyway, the Bible speaks about everything. The cities that change the time, so we can get more and more and heat, I guess, to come. I don't know. It's my dear, Glo- global warming, global warming. Yes, ma'am. So we just got to go with it. They say go with the floor or whatever. So. Yeah. Thank you, my dear. Appreciate it. Yeah, can't do nothing about that. <laughs> okay. All right, honey. Thanks. Appreciate it. 
So, yeah, so most of the flights um, were definitely not impacted um, by the delays. Um, you know, like I said, it is what it is. I just think that you let people know what's going on. You cut down on the speculation about what's happening. So, Miss, um, who did I see said that they're late? Miss Olive says she's late this morning. So she's going to just sit herself in the back of the classroom. Alejandro is being gracious and says that your application has been accepted to join the, the students in the back. Um, my goodness. So uh, Gilder says, I was on the flight last night, was delayed from 6.40 until 12.30. Um, and we didn't get in until 1.49 this morning. So girl, let me tell you now, apparently that particular flight was the worst delayed. And you know, originally I was actually trying to come back on Sunday because my kind of travel was last minute. It was a very last minute trip. And I was like, oh, you know, if I had two full days in Miami, that would be so much better. Let me see if I could come back on Sunday. But that Sunday flight was full. All I can say is, hold on now. I'm going to tell you all what I would have to say this morning to that situation is. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad I did not have to come back last night because when you're traveling with kids, you know, as an adult, maybe I could handle it. I've done those late flights before. 149 is kind of late, though. I got to tell you the truth. And that, I'm sleep, that one, I'm just getting sleep good. But when you have children, they're not always used to it and accommodating them. You know, they get miserable and, oh, Lord. So I feel your pain. I feel your pain for anybody who had to come into that flight. And then the worst part is um, the poor customs and airport staff you know, they be like, we just trying to go home because they also get delayed and have to stay all these ridiculous hours and stuff as well. So they'd be like, let me just stamp your thing. Get out, get out. <laughs> uh, RD Limited says cancellations and delays are part of air travel. It is um, just like all these security checks. Can I ask somebody a question? I need an answer to this. Why is it that when you travel out of Cayman security wise, children, so I've got a six-year-old, has to take her shoes off. Now, y'all know I am a little bit of a germaphobe, probably not a little bit, probably a lot. And so when I travel, I travel with the medical booties and I put those on when I take my shoes off and have to walk through the airport. Because I know for a fact, nobody ain't cleaning that carpet or mopping that floor properly. The amount of germs, if somebody took a swab, I'd hate to see the results of the amount of germs on the floor. So I'm not putting my feet on that and then have to put my feet back in my shoes. Ew. So I work, I walk with booties. Now, here in Cayman, they require my daughter to take her shoes off. But in Miami, as a kid, she doesn't have to take her shoes off. Why? Are we not following the same rules? I need somebody at Miami, at security at airport to explain this to me. Are we not following the same rules? Because the U.S. was the one who set the rules, mind you about, oh, somebody tried to put a bomb in their shoes. They should have exploded themselves, to be honest. But, um, you know, are we not following the same rules? Like, why here do kids have to do it, but in the U.S., kids don't have to do it? Make up your mind. I'd rather her not have to do it, because then she's the one who's having to walk on that nasty floor. I need to try to get some surgical booties that are, like, small enough for her. I don't know. Somebody says we fall under British rules or something foolish, some foolishness like that. I don't know, boy, but can can we get a firm answer to this? I haven't traveled to the UK, so I don't know if if they do it there where kids have to take their shoes off. I'm like, come on. You know, the man wasn't successful, thankfully, in exploiting anything with the thing in his shoes. Um, can we get a little break post 9-11? 
Ugh, that just talk about a disruptor. Mm-mm-mm. Um, Aliana says, wait, why was the part flown in from Europe going right up the road? Well, I, I can't, like I said, I can't speak to that, but I would imagine that if they could have gotten the part from the United States of America, they would have. So I don't know. Did our planes come through? I thought they were built in the U S but I don't know how Boeing operates. Um, but yeah, it had to come from Europe apparently. Mm-hmm. Alejandro says, yep, I get it all the time. I be leaving Cayman from 7 a.m. and reaching California all 12 a.m. I embrace the journey. Best money um, to spend is on delays, or is it just me? Hmm? Say what? I'm not even sure I understand that. Damaris, good morning. Aliano says, uh, oh, wow, that was that's what that flight was, laid in bed and said it's 1 a.m. and Cayman Airways still flying. So you could hear it coming in, yeah. Yes, honey chill. Ooh, Andrew says honey chill. <laughs> we got to get our honey child shirts done. Um, Sandra, have to understand that's an old place. Where? What's an old place? I'm not sure. All right. So, Philip, good morning. Um, let me see here now. Philip says, the problem with Cayman Airways' current situation is that there's no redundancy in terms of aircraft based on the current flight schedule. They need at least one more aircraft if they're to continue to expand their schedule. It only takes one simple maintenance issue to happen and the whole schedule goes awry. I mean, yes, I think one more aircraft would make sense, especially if they're continuing to expand, which we'll hear about the new destination here at 11 o'clock. I think Yes, I don't know if we can afford one more though. Is probably the problem. Uh, I don't. I don't know what's in the budget, and I don't know how much money we're making on some of these routes. The other thing I think that needs to happen is there needs to be more. Um, we have. Uh huh. Okay. The other thing that I think needs to happen is that. Um, There has to be more advertising for some of these routes because I have it on good authority that, (laughs) honey, yeah, some of these, I mean, going to LA is perfectly fine, but, you know, no, the flights, they don't be full. They'd be kind of light. And so we need advertising in both directions, not just people coming this way, because I guess that's good for people like Gigi Hadid. So she can come and have a little spliff and whatever. But what about those of us, you know, entice me to go to California? What's in California? Somebody was saying to me the other day, oh, my God, there's nothing to do in California. I was like, what? Have you ever been to California? For me, California, and I've not traveled a whole lot of the U.S. states, I must say. But to me, California is probably the most interesting state in terms of, like, topography. And, I mean, it's not just Los Angeles, you know, where all the homeless people are sitting next to the Hollywood stars on the ground. Um, There's a lot to California. California is a very, very interesting state. It's very varied in terms of what you can do. I mean, some of the most beautiful places that I went were like, um, like Monterey, some of the smaller areas in California, just like super cool and super interesting. 
So um, someone said the LA flights are actually, that route is actually doing good. Don't be fooled by anyone. It's making money and it's bringing good business. Okay. So, all right. Well, you know, fill her up going that direction too. I see, I see a couple of y'all going to Las Vegas, uh, but there's more to it than just Las Vegas. There's so many other things that you can do, but um, yeah. So the big announcement will be made at 11 o'clock this morning. I already know where it is, but I ain't telling y'all. I'm not about to steal the minister's thunder. I could, but I'm not that salty this morning. We feeling good, so we're going to behave ourselves today. But I know exactly where it's going. We'll talk about it tomorrow in terms of what is there to do at that particular jurisdiction. I've already been mulling it over in my brain, so hmm, I think I need to make a little trip here shortly. <laughs> so, um, yes, it was World Atlantic. Thank you so much, Philip. That was the name of I've never even heard of World Atlantic. Who on earth are they? They're like a real airline? I guess so. Never heard of them in my life. Uh, Miss Morna says, Sandy, that's why I travel like Oliver. He always travel with his pot of food. <laughs> well, I don't know if you need a whole pot, but yes, um, I'm normally okay without food. But when, again, when you're traveling with children, always be prepared because child, they'd be like, no, I'm not hungry. And the second you get on that flight, mommy, I need some food. I'm starving. I was like, excuse me. Five minutes ago, before we got in this plane, you said you were not hungry. So the last time this happened, we had gone to the little Margaritaville, I think it is, in the Miami airport. And I got her some food. And of course, she didn't eat it. No, oh, I'm not really hungry. And I said, pack the food up. You're going to thank me later. And sure enough, when we got up, I'm hungry. And I said, oh, you're hungry, are you? Here's your sandwich that you just wouldn't eat 10 minutes ago. Oh, wow. This is so delicious. I'm like, oh, Lord, kids. <laughs> We were, um, I think this is the morning that we were, got up, got her up at like five o'clock in the morning to head to the airport. She's like, mom, um, she calls me. She doesn't call me mom. She calls me, um, oh Lord. Um, it's her own kind of variation on mummy. But anyway, she's like, you're the best mom in the entire world. I was like, really? Oh, you know how, you know how that really melts your heart when kids say that to you? Of course, they don't know anything about moms or whatever, but to them, you are the best mom in the entire world and you just take care of me. And, you know, they tell you in their own little way why you're so special to them. Just like makes your heart just dumpity dump. Uh, so I just was like, oh, thank you so much. Bring it in. Hugs. So we did a little bit of a girl trip. Um, you know, some people needed a mental health break in our group. And we just had a, it was quick in and out, but we just had a fabulous time. No drama. We just, you know, hit the mall for a minute. Went to Walmart, of course. We got to hit Target, one raw store, a couple raw stores. Um, Cheesecake Factory. So I got to have my sauteed mushrooms, which I love from Cheesecake Factory. Oh, my God. I don't even have cheesecake when I go there. I just eat all the delicious food. Morning, caller. Hey, good morning, Sandra. We missed you on Friday. I know. Now you know I was in Miami, honey, too. Oh, I thought you had gone to Las Vegas, too. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. It's too hot for Vegas, man. I can't take the triple digits and stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, yes, yes. Mm. Sandra, um, on Friday... We had our Honorable Minister for Tourism, um, mm -hmm. uh, Kenneth Bryan, on Radio K-Man. Okay. And he was um, speaking about 
gratuity, uh, people that work in tourism and on and on mm-hmm. about tourism. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, ha- I have worked in tourism most of my working life at Baganawi. Mm-hmm. So I do know about tourism. I, I worked in tourism before his honorable was even born. So mm-hmm. that that would that would tell you. But what I'm getting at, he says that the gratuity mm-hmm. is including in in the 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 salary. Now gratuity is paid by our guests mm-hmm. to, to this island. Then they have to pay government tax mm-hmm. and and some more tax, not quite as much as United States, which I don't see any gratuity added on your hotel slips in United States or the the, the parts that I've been in, but you do see tax and tax and tax and tax. Mm-hmm. But we don't get that that is belonging to the United States, as you would know. The thing is, Sandra, if we keep adding our, our gratuity, um, and it, it, it went up and up and third time up, what is the guess of our island getting for all of this? We're they're paying they're paying us to serve serve them mm-hmm. whether it's the restaurant or whether it's the hotel. Now how he can make that right, I do not know. But it started from the hotels, and mm-hmm. the, the gratuity is also shared with management, which is not right. They get their big salaries otherwise. I still don't know how he can make that right to anyone. I don't care how many committees he put there. It is not right. The gratuity is for the people that is working. It's 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 the waiters, waitresses, bartenders, and and the list goes on. The 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 the, the maids especially. Hmm. Now. Tips is a different thing. Sometimes tips is given to you because they love you. They love they they love your service. You gave them good service. You were polite. That's the way it should be in this little island. Mm-hmm. But if we don't watch out, Sandra and Mr. Kenneth can can is honorable Kenneth, forgive me, can make this gratuity included. That that's to pay your salary. So what is the hotel paying? What is the hotel or um, restaurants, which which uh, and and condos and rental apartments? What are they paying then? Mm. They, they, uh, you you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They they are paid. They are paid sometimes four hundred, five hundred dollars in the season, mm-hmm. and 
per night. Then government taxes are added. Then it's gratuity added. So what is the hotel paying? Hmm. It is not right. I don't, I don't hear how they would try to turn that around. It is not right. Now, what happens if the salary is paid, not if, it is, is paid from gratuities? What happens? We're slowing down season. We only have six months out of each year for, for tourism season. And it's mm-hmm. already slowing down. What happens when a, 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 a maid is paid only for three days mm-hmm. a week because that's all the work that they have? What happens to them? If they didn't do a little bit of savings in six months, I don't know how they can do it mm-hmm. with with the prices we have mm. and and other things that they have to pay, other responsibilities. But is anybody looking at this or even asking questions? I know I'm going to get a back slack from it, but do I care? No, I don't care because I know what I'm speaking about, and I, 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 I have worked long in it. Mm-hmm. My husband has worked long in it. So we know what we're, well, I can't say him because we, we discussed it, but not very long. Um, it, it, it needs to be something done with our hotels, or I, I can say this much. Mm-hmm. We're going to price ourselves right out of the tourism section. When I hear people, people that I know that have stayed in the con- uh, condos and stuff, and I'm, I'm friendly with, mm-hmm. say, uh, you know, they came down, they didn't stay in their condo because at the time their, their condo was was rented. Um. Um, when they came down, they came down to stay at a certain hotel just for three days or four mm-hmm. days to see mm-hmm. the change. Couldn't stay there. Now, these are condo owners. Couldn't stay there the amount of time that they came because all they seen were just bills coming to them. Bills coming to them. Mm-hmm. When you have to pay... Uh, um, for room service, eleven U.S. dollars for a coke, which we know we're not getting the coke. We're getting uh, glass three quarters full of full of ice, mm-hmm. and the rest may be coke. Then, or or, or any kind of soda. Mm-hmm. So, what are we giving? Our guests that is visiting this island, mm-hmm. so they had to move out and move back in into their condo or not their condo into a friend's condo that wasn't rented at the moment. Mm-hmm. Come on, we have to do better. We must do better. Mm-hmm. Or are we gonna lose everything? All right, that let's let's talk about it. Leave me there with those comments. Uh-huh. Leave me there. 
Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'll certainly do that. Thank and you so much. And thanks for taking my call. Yes, absolutely. So it's quite interesting um, that this caller brought up gratuities because, in fact, um, just last week, there was an interesting, you guys know that I listen to news from all over the world and I try to get a much broader perspective outside of the Cayman Islands in terms of what's going on. Because I know that we think so many things are unique to us. Everything in Cayman, work permits, encroachment on our jobs, this, that, and the next thing, you know, cultural issues, misunderstandings, uh, people giving each other bun and cheese. Y'all think that's uniquely Caymanian or Caribbean? Listen, these things happen all over the world. And just last week on Wednesday, I was listening to a very, very interesting, I'm going to let you guys listen to it now, um, podcast about this very same thing. Now, if you traveled recently to the United States of America, you'll know that in most instances on your ticket, they will make recommendations on how much you should tip. Now, what's the difference between gratuities versus tips? I don't even know, to be honest. Is there a difference? I think in the mind of the average person, there's absolutely no difference whatsoever. In this jurisdiction's uh, in this jurisdiction, sorry, there is um, a automatic charge for most places that you go, which they have labeled gratuities, right? Now, it's interesting because in the U.S., that doesn't tend to be the case. Sometimes they do it for larger parties, then they'll include the gratuities, but run-of-the-mill restaurants, whatever, in the U.S., they don't really add gratuities, hotels and stuff. They don't add, you know, gratuities. So, you know, they've got, I guess, taxes, um, which they add on that we don't necessarily have here, but it does help to offset the um, salary that these uh, industry workers, mostly tourism industry workers, are making. But we're not the only people that are struggling with this issue, caller, believe it or not. So the minister, if he's listening this morning, might actually find this interesting. Um, so have a listen to this. Struggles all over the world. Before we move on to that, let me wrap up the Cayman Airways topic really quickly. Uh, one person says, there's none like our Cayman Airways. Um, another person clarified that the flight was actually the um, MD-83 was the aircraft. Never heard of it. Never been on one of those before. So there you go. At least now I can say I've been on MD-83. Don't care to go on another one again. Uh, they said that sometimes from my, we use Miami Air or one of those usual companies they rely on, which in this case, World Atlantic. And we have used them several times in the past before. Um, and this, this person says, okay, they used to be here, um, some here more often because we got the new planes and they made some good money out of Cayman being, uh, talking about world Atlantic. So, hmm. all right, moving on. Let's talk about the gratuities issue. A lot of you who work in the industries, and this is why sometimes you say, well, the bank should know that I make all this money. But as that last caller said in off season, you may not be making that much. So you got to really kind of pay attention to like everybody else, you better have more than one stream of revenue to kind of float you through times, right? So listen to this folks. Um, again, super, super interesting. Here we go. So-called tipflation has consumers fuming. People are pushing back against the social pressure of the tip screen on digital transactions and the higher amounts that they're being asked to tip. But NPR's Stacey Vanek-Smith wondered about the other side of that screen and how the workers feel. Here she is with more. 
Dylan Shanker got his first job as a barista in 2010. It was just a way to make rent. At first, it was just a job, but then you kind of become passionate about it. So passionate that 13 years later, Shanker is still working as a barista, now at a cafe in Philadelphia. I've become kind of a nerd about it. I, I have some of my own equipment that I'll bring with me. Like Schenker's special portafilter, which lets him see the coffee while it's brewing. Schenker says he knows exactly what a perfect cup of coffee should look like and tastes like. A good espresso shot. It has kind of like a creamy, full mouth, just like slightly sour, slightly bitter. Also slightly bitter these days, the tipping situation. I know tipping with baristas is weird. It wasn't always like this. When Dylan started out, tipping was in cash, and it wasn't much. He took home roughly 10 bucks a day. But tipping gradually became a bigger and bigger part of his pay and has gotten more and more uncomfortable. This sort of, like, awkwardness, it's, like, verboten to, to say out loud anything about tipping in front of the tip screen. And every once in a while, things get really weird. I remember this one guy, he looks up at me and he's like, I accidentally tipped. I'm like, what do you expect me to respond to that? I'm, like, I'm sorry. The rise of the tip screen in businesses from fast food to grocery stores has been causing a lot of confusion and outrage for customers. I mean, my, even my own niece called me about this. <laughs> Sylvia Allegretto is an economist at the Center for Economic and Policy Research. I became an economist because I was a low-wage worker for a long, long time, and part of I was a, a tipped worker. Allegretto says being a tipped worker is tough. Poverty rates for tipped workers are more than double that of other workers. Allegretto says we tend to think of tips as a bonus for good service, but in reality, they are something else entirely. It's, it's a subsidy. It's a wage subsidy to the employer. It's not a tip. It goes to your wage. It's just the amount that the employer doesn't have to pay you. And people don't understand this. And here's where we get to this moment we're having in tipping. With inflation happening across the economy, businesses are dealing with rising costs. At the same time, there's a lot of pressure to keep prices low for increasingly frugal customers. Tipping is a way to get more money from customers without actually charging them more. Money that goes to paying workers. If there is some means of tipping that's available to you, that should signal to you that they aren't being paid enough. Tipping is sort of an acknowledgement of that fact. Barista Dylan Schenker says tips make up 10 to 20 percent of his pay, a very volatile 10 to 20 percent that totally relies on the whims and moods of customers. If you aren't tipping them and you are taking advantage of that labor. Tipping is presented as a choice of thank you for great service. But businesses are using tips as a baked in part of worker pay and a way to attract often hard to find workers. More and more companies are doing this, and customers are increasingly resentful about the awkward tip screen moments and the unexpectedly high final bill. But Chinker says a lot of people don't understand the wages service workers actually make. He is 39, he has a decade of experience and expertise, and... I've never made more than $25,000 a year. I cannot even wrap my head around the idea of even just making thirty dollars or $40,000 a year. I could just, like, do so much with just that much money. Roughly half of Shanker's customers tip, which is in line with the national average. But data shows customers have an increasingly negative view of tipping. Tips are down from last year by nearly 10 percent for food service workers. And just in case you were wondering if workers can tell if you've tipped or not from the tip screens, they can. There's just something really, really demoralizing about someone seeing that screen, knowing I'm not 
rich and kind of just not caring about you enough to kind of like want to help you make a living. Especially when he is standing there with their perfectly balanced, sour, but not too sour, espresso drink. Stacey Vanek-Smith, NPR News. That's pretty crazy. And I must tell you, um, quite frankly, I have Rise always... The so-called tipflation has consumers... Oh, sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me pull People that. Are pushing pull that. Back ah, the... There we go. Sorry, I had it... I had it on, on repeat loop. Um, so, you know, here, here's the thing. I try to tip people. Um, you know, I'm not the best with uh, numbers, but I try to quickly in my head, and it, it's helpful now that they do put it on the bottom of the, um, of a lot of the receipt or the, what do we call it? Receipts? No, not receipt. Um, uh, your check, the bottom of your check, uh, because then it helps me to quickly figure out if you want to do 10, 15, 20%, whatever. I try to tip well, because again, listen to this guy, $25,000 a year is all he making. My God, can you imagine? Some of y'all making three, four, five times that, and y'all still complaining that it's not enough money to survive. Everybody's in this boat together. Everybody's having you know issues with tips, and it's just crazy um, what's happening out there. And if you're an industry worker, I think you have to um, sympathize with those people. Even gas station attendants, right? In the U.S., they don't—they make you pump your own gas. So you know, we're but we're so used here to people are pumping our gas and you know all these things, and we do not tip these industry workers. And I think sometimes we have to kind of think about it. You know, I when I go to the gas station, I try to at least give them a couple of dollars in their hands. Uh, they're probably only making minimum wage. So be better at tipping. Even when you go to the grocery store and you see the baggers, you know, they're working their little summer jobs. I love a young person with a hustle factor. I love to see young people like, I want to work. I want something to do. I'm like, yes, honey child, let's get that summer job, right? Because that's setting them up for a good work ethic going into um, adulthood, and they have their own little spending money. There's nothing like having your own spending money. So when you go your little trips for the summer, shopping, whatever, you're good to go. And so, although I'm not a person that walks with cash, you all know that already. Don't be asking me for no money because I'm normally not going to have it. If I know I'm going to the grocery store, now I'm trying to be more conscientious about having a couple dollars in my um, bag to tip. And I love that these young people, their eyes light up. You give them a little $5, they're like, <gasps> and sometimes I feel like I'm overcompensating and I'm tipping for everybody else that didn't tip. I'm like, oh, let me give them a little 10 today because, you know, they probably didn't get any tips all day long. And they're so appreciative. So see what y'all can do about the tipping situation. And then, of course, if you aren't, you know, if you work in that type of business, um, know that, you know, during slow season, of course, your salary and your in income is going to be impacted. Hotels are slowing down and so forth. So if, if the gratuities are pooled, which I understand that some uh, entities do, then, you know, obviously that's a whole other situation. So that's going to, the lower, the fewer bookings they have, the less money you're going to be making in grats. Somebody called me last week, and I need to look into this before I have too much to say about it, um, that there's a particular property in Cayman that has told staff just the other day that they cannot 
Um, they can't use any of the facilities on site. So even if they're not working, they can't go to this hotel and use any of the hotel facilities or whatever. And they can't go to the shop, coffee shop on their lunch break and buy lunch or anything on site. It's a little bit weird. And I want to find out more about it before I speak on it. Because to me, it sounds peculiar, but I'm like, let me try to reach out to the hotel management and see um, what this is all about. Because I just don't understand it. And I just don't know. So this person says, Sandy, I always try to carry cash in hand for me to give a tip, not in the check. Mm -hmm. um, so we've gotten a bit of information here. Yes. Okay. So it looks like we need to review some of that about minimum wage. I think the minimum wage people are coming on this week. Let me try and double check that, honey. Chill. I know CUC is coming back this week. It might even be as soon as tomorrow. Um, I'll get some confirmation from them. Uh, they wanted to come on and talk about something. Mm -hmm. So let me just see here. Oh, we got a call. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Um, sorry, Sandra, but I ha I had to call in again. Okay. Um, Gratuities are not are not added mostly in the states. I think I had had said that before. Um, in restaurants, yes, they add the tips, but that's not gratuitous. In hotels, in in condos here or in the Caribbean, it is gratuitous that is added along with your government accommodation tax and whatever tax else that you have to pay not, not you yourself or guests or guests or visiting guests mm -hmm. now tips is something that like i said before is sometimes what they do is to put it in that envelope and give it to you in your hand that mm -hmm. is not for the hotel that is for you because they were happy of their service. Some people says, well, they cannot pay it because they just paid gratuity. Are we getting the gratuity, a share of the gratuity? And some mm -hmm. people say, yes, but that is included in, and and then the tip. Uh, then the first the the guest that is tipping you may give you an extra ten or an extra twenty or sometimes uh, they they would uh, give you the money um, the CI money that is left over which is not much and they'll ask you well how much that is in US mm -hmm. and then you say oh it's so and so but then they'll add some U.S. to it. So gratuities is a must on a, a, accommodate um, on your hotel bill uh, along with the accommodation tax, which goes to the government. That doesn't come to the worker, as we know. That goes to the government. The government has to pay, the, the hotel has to pay the government each month or every month because you get a, a a bill and if you don't pay it 
the tourism department would be down on you. Um, accommodation um, tax is what I'm speaking about. Mm -hmm. But I still say, gratuity should not be involved in your salary. We didn't have gratuities before many, 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 many years ago. It was for you to give excellent service to that, to that guest, and then they would tip you because we didn't mm -hmm. have the gratuity. It was the, the hotel that started doing that so they could take that gratuity, split it up, and pay you your salary. What little salary that you are getting from the hotel is so small. They don't even want to mention it when you have your interview or when you have a, 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 a meeting or whatever they have. They don't want to mention it because it is too small and that goes also um, for the um, managers, the assistant manager, which should be stopped because they have a salary every month, every month. And or every two weeks, they should not be should not be shared around in in mm -hmm. with, with I, I management with yeah, any I, kind of management. I don't want to necessarily make this full show about gratuities, but what I would say is, um, I don't know if the minimum wage committee. I know it's something that they are thinking about and they have on their agenda, but I don't know if they're going to be changing the entire structure of how gratuities operate and how they work. For the average person, they don't see a difference between a gratuity and a tip. And I think that that is, is you know, even I'm just reading it online, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, it's the same thing. A gratuity often called a tip is a sum of money customarily given by customers to certain service workers, um, such as hospitality for the service that they have performed, in addition to the basic price of the service. So people are not distinguishing between a tip and a gratuity. They're treating them one and the same. Um, so, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how they can make that up that, because yeah, well, they, even, they, even uh, according to the UK, um, government website guidance on tips, gratuities, service charges, and, and so on, it says a gratuity or a tip, and then it goes on to talk more about it. So they're using them in very much the same way, but leave, leave us, leave yes, us there. I, 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 mm -hmm. I, Quite understand that I understood what the economist said just now, but she's speaking mostly of um, parts like in United States and even parts in in Europe. In United States, they they go up on the tips in the restaurants. They give you fifteen percent. Uh, uh, 18%, 20%, 22%, and on and on. That is up to you. If you got good service, then mm -hmm. you pay according to that to that service. That's, that's tips. Here, they add on gratuity, and the tips is none of their doggone business, as far as I'm concerned. It's none of their business. Whatever that... Uh, Tourists or guests want to to give you. All right, we have a we do have another caller, so maybe they can yes, add some clarity. Okay. I'll, I'll All right, to, thanks very I'll much. Try to end this. But okay. Yes. Whoever the committee would be, 
they should they should work in for a month or two and then they'll know exactly what what I'm mm-hmm. trying to get across that it's not fair for these hotel workers to be paid paid out of the gratuity that they earn. All right. Thank you very thank much, you, caller. Sandra. Not a problem. All right. We've got another caller in the line. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandy. Morning there. How are you? I'm all right. I'm on my way to a medical appointment and hearing the conversation. Yes. I, uh, heard, I heard enough to, uh, to chip in. You got, you got some feedback, though, so I don't know if you are if you have your I radio. Have nothing, I have nothing on. I'm using Bluetooth. Oh, there you go. That's better. Did you just disconnect the Bluetooth? Oh, maybe it was the other no. caller that hung up. Maybe it was her. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. Um, there's a saying that uh, common sense is a flower that does not blossom in many yards. <laughs> I need to memorize that one. And I got to tell you, I'm one of those which I seem to, well, I feel, let me, let me rephrase that. I feel like I'm one of those who is just walking in the wilderness. And either I'm doing the wrong one. So you're, you're, the wrong you're walking in a field with no, with no flowers then? It's either, it's either it's either that or, or my or my uh, yeah, or my my field is full of um uh, blossoms of common sense because <laughs> I, I am so frustrated and no one seems to even even that that interview or that piece that you broad, broad, rebroadcasted there. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did I hear the, the, the barista correctly when he says that oh if you don't tip you're you're taking advantage of the worker? Mm-hmm. That's what he said, right? Yeah. So tipping, <laughs> tipping is mandatory. Yeah. So this, this, this is where it's a sheep mentality where people don't stop and think and examine the situation and go, all right, let's, let's apply logic to this. And I'm going to use, uh, mm-hmm. just because they're there. And, and let me just clarify, work. caller in your mind, is there a difference between a tip and a gratuity? Uh, no, it's one and the same in my mind. Yes. Um, but but I do I do take I do take the point uh, uh, that was made by the previous callers. You know, if you want if, if you want to start pulling threads apart, then you know it all comes down to interpretation on the whole thing. But I think at the end of the day, there's a salary, there's a cost of doing business, there's a government tax, and then there's there's a, a tip, a gratuity that you give to the person, and that should be on your own volition based on the performance that they provided you or the level of service they provided you, and that you feel. Uh, you know, like the, the generous, your generosity makes you feel compelled. You know what? Hey, this person treated me really well. Da, 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 or I can see they're not necessarily having a good day. Or I can see that they're doing really well. And let me just go ahead and do this because I want to. Mm-hmm. Right? But anyway, I don't want to get aside track to my main point, which is I'm going to use an entity that is probably the world's famous for it. And that is Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, he's saying... He he basically said, and I'm not. He's, he didn't identify where he'd worked for, and it's irrelevant. But I'm going to use these as an example. Let's just say he was working for them, and he said that because I didn't tip him, or I did not an extra tip, I'm taking advantage of of his of him and or, or and services. And my question then is, what about the multi-billion-dollar corporation who employs him? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If if he worked for a Starbucks, for example, right? And I'm not just picking on Starbucks. Pick any other chain, coffee. Mm-hmm. These are multi-billion-dollar corporations, mm-hmm. uh, and and therefore, with with record with record revenues generated, which and and they are one of the star performers on the stock market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's there, there's so there's no question 
that they are making exorbitant profits. And I am not against uh, profits. I am I'm a businessman. I'm into making profits. But I never employ my people without paying them a living wage, first and foremost. But that's mm-hmm. my moral that's my moral duty. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. It's my moral duty to make sure. I don't pay them. When, when they worked for me, I didn't pay them minimum wage. I always paid a minimum. I, I paid a living wage. Mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I choose no longer to employ staff. I, I, I do what I do. My, mm-hmm. point, my, my point is is that we're not taking advantage if we don't tip. Mm-hmm. It is the employers, and they've found a way to brainwash the general public and, and give them, and usually it's that guilt trip. Because again, I'm, I've just noticed this now too. I've traveled to the U.S. Uh, probably seven times in the last uh, six, seven months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also now noticing it here where now they, because you know, now they bring you the, the, the wireless card machine mm-hmm. and then there's a screen and they stand in front of you for additional tips. So you have the mandatory 15% mm-hmm. on, your, on your dinner or, or lunch meal. Mm-hmm. And then they stand there and they, 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 it comes up with a screen for additional tips. Mm-hmm. And, and I sometimes do, and I only do it based on the personality of the server. I only do it on based on the personality. And if I don't, and if I don't feel like that, I, you know, that I've got anything other, other than normal, then I don't. I hit no. Because there's a 15% already there. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think they're referring to the tipflation is there's a 15% plus now you're being pressured to put more. Mm-hmm. So, so effectively now they're asking you to pay 20, 25%, what have you. And, that, and, and so my point back though, what I want to get to is, is that the workers and, and, and the powers that be that sets these rules, laws, and regulations mm-hmm. need to identify the fact that these companies, whether they're big franchises like Starbucks or, or not franchise, Starbucks, not franchise, but big, big corporations like Starbucks mm-hmm. uh, and the, the likes, uh, uh, whether it's Cheesecake Factory or whoever, money, then there's no justifiable reason that these people aren't getting living wages other than, oh, we're making our board of directors money and we're on the stock market and we need to show a profit. So mm-hmm. let's trickle it down. Let's trickle it down to the average Joe. And that's why our cost of living has gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. It's because of the corporate greed. And again, I am for making a profit. But then when is enough enough? Mm-hmm. And that is, that, is, that is the question we have to ask. So again, when you apply common sense, don't tell me that I'm taking advantage of you as the barista or the server or the, or the, um, fr- uh, the front desk uh, uh, receptionist. You're being taken advantage of by your employer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so there needs to be a movement to say, listen, guys, 35%, 40%, our uh, uh, profit on top of your operating expenses is a fairly decent one. Why aren't your staff being paid accordingly? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's their problem. And But that's just me thinking out loud. I could be the complete lonely um, voice in the wilderness. I would right. try to give you a good day. I'm going Thank to you. Thank you very much. Thank All you. right. We've got two other callers on the phone line this morning. Let's have people weigh in on this. First caller up ends in uh, 971. Good morning, caller. Good morning. Morning. Um, let me tell you, on radio came on the other day. This mm-hmm. is what I heard. Mm-hmm. That Rich Carlton was just paying the people like um, a certain amount of money as a paycheck, whatever. Mm-hmm department you work in but they was taking that paycheck out of the tips and they got no tips you understand 
their paycheck was coming out of the tips. So the tips was paying these people paycheck, but the company itself was not paying it out of their own accounts. Hmm. No. Years ago, I heard this on Radio Cayman, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, years ago, West Bayers was the force and the main power in the Cayman tourism on that West Bay beach. Mm-hmm. And I used to hear those girls while I'm working in the office and I'm only making, what, 250 I mean, I'm talking 40 years ago. I'm only making 250 a week mm-hmm. or $150 a week. They were making good paychecks every week and they would say, oh, in two weeks' time, we could get our guard churches. And their guard mm-hmm. churches would come in like um, $1,000. Mm-hmm. Or they would get it once a month. Well, let me break it down what's happening. You take all the people um, tips, you put it in a pile, and when it's time for payday, you pull their paychecks out of the tips. Mm-hmm. These people are not getting the tips. The tips is not for the company. The tips is not for the staff who is sitting behind the wall that's doing that content. It is for you who's giving the service. So whenever you're going anywhere, have cash and you tip the person direct. Mm-hmm. These people is getting rid with share mother murder uh, murder on a paycheck uh, on paying these people. They're paying the people, make it very simple, out of their tips. Mm-hmm. And these people is not getting their tips. Mm. They're getting a paycheck out of the tips. And Rich Carlton was doing it. And $300 a week. And these people depend on tips. But at the end of the day, Sandra, the tips mm-hmm. is not for the the tips is not for the company. The tips is for the person who just gave you a service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yes, you can tip. You don't have to tip ten dollars, you know. If you give a person two dollars or three dollars and twenty other people come in for the day and that Say, say some days you get 10 people giving you $3. Next, tomorrow you get 20 giving you $3. At the end of the week, you got some little thing, but it's your tip. Mm-hmm. Your tip is not paying the paycheck. And this is what's going on around here. I know when we have big girls was getting $2,000, $1,000 for pay for gratuities in these hotels. And this is another thing that has cut these people down for wanting to go out there and work these hotels. You, you're cleaning five, six rooms a day, right? Seven, eight time, uh, seven, eight rooms, rather. And all eight, nine o'clock in the night, you're still there. And when the people leave the gratuities, you're taking them. So how you expect to give encouragement? But these people do know, these people who work for these people do know that these gratuities in there and these people is taking it. It mm-hmm. is cleaner teeth. So Kenneth Brian don't have a clue in tourism what he's doing. These people need to get their gratuities needs to be separate from their weekly or their monthly paycheck. Simple as that. But I mean, does this really have anything to do with the minister? Because I'm assuming that this system has existed yeah, long before him. They all know what's going on. They all know what's going on. Oh, okay. I mean, this isn't, well. the other day for the same thing. Uh-huh. But they don't need to act like no blind mice. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against nobody, you know. What I am simply saying, get up and stand up for our people. Guard church is guard church. A paycheck is a paycheck. Pay, guard church um, Okay? Mm-hmm. That is a and and let, me, let me remind you as well that the Minister of Tourism is not the Labor Minister. So this, this is yeah. a labor issue, but again, it's a labor issue that, I mean, I think this has always been the case. Yeah, I mean, they could take it to labor and help these people. 
rather than having these people be slaves, they're still more than their slavery in many ways, Sandra. Uh-huh. Many ways. Okay? okay. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. All right. We got two more callers on the line. Let me see who's up next. We've got 369. Caller, good morning and welcome to the program. Morning, Sandra. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to figure this all out. Well, well, help me to clar- clarify something for me, right? Uh-huh. I mean, when you go to a restaurant and you eat, and they always add that 15% gratuity. Yes. Is that a mandatory fee? Well, apparently so. And the workers are expecting you to pay it as well. <laughs> I mean, I thought, I thought tipping was always optional based on, and somebody else said this, based on the quality of service that you actually get. Um, right. It seems like the workers are expecting it. That's why I wanted us to listen to the perspective, even in America, um, of what people think. They think that you should be tipping even when it's not on the bill, that it's a mandatory thing that you should be tipping regardless of the level of service you feel you got, really. For me, tipping should be who really goes above and beyond the call of duty or somebody who saves you you know, either time money like brings you value. I mean, I had a, I had an expensive car repair that one of the garages I'm not going to call any names wanted to um, charge me about fourteen thousand dollars to fix my car. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I took it to another garage person who was very good, mm-hmm. and he on I only I only had to pay four thousand for it, mm-hmm. and he did such a good job, and he went so above and beyond. I put an extra thousand dollars on the bill because. For me, he saved me time and he saved me money. He said, you know, he brought value to me. You understand? Why am I, why am I, I mean, what business model are these hospitality employers using that they don't just build in the cost of doing business into the price of the good or service that they're selling? Which other business do you know, Sandra? If I go into office supply and I want to buy, I don't know, a computer and the computer is $1,000 or $500, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Are they going to ask me to put a, a 15% gratuity onto that? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, obviously, I mean, they, it's expected in certain industries, right? But why should it be? I mean, I so I so I can go to I can go to a restaurant and get really crappy service and still have to pay 15%. No, don't. Mm-hmm. Don't. I don't think that that's right. Hmm. All right, we got another caller. Caller, you're you're next. You seem to have some thoughts on this. What do you think? Hi, Sandra. Good morning. Morning. Um, in response to getting crappy service from restaurants and having to pay 15%, mm-hmm. I've been to Peppers where I got horrible service and I outright flat refused to pay gratuity and I would not pay it. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you it's mandatory you got to pay it. If you feel that your service was not up to spot, mm-hmm. you can deny paying the 15%. And in fact, caller, I just had someone confirm that under law, it is not mandatory. It's just that most people don't know that, and so they pay it. And so you can refuse in the Cayman Islands to pay gratuities, even though it's included on your bill. Yes, you can. You huh. know, I mean, it's down to the person. That if they feel they got great service, then it's not it. I don't have an issue paying it, you know. But if it's bad, I'm not going to pay it. And if mm-hmm. they insist, then they can call the police because I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you're paying for a service, mm-hmm. you know. But part of the biggest issue that is happening here is a lot of these hotels, especially on the West Bay Road, and I'm not asking, I know. Mm-hmm. When you work for them, Sandra, during peak season, mm-hmm. your gratuity is $360. And when the hotel is slow, it is still 360 Something just not adding up there. Mm-hmm. It's not right. 
you know, mm-hmm. and the gratuities, you know, to me, whatever that pool is for the month, the mm-hmm. staff should be able to see what the income is and how it's divided. I understand they have different levels of how they divide the gratuity within the different hotel sections. Mm-hmm. When I used to work for the Hyatt Regency going way back, you know, that's years ago when they first opened. Um, I love the system they had because at the end of the day, you would get your gratuity that you work for and the tables that you served. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you want to be lazy, you don't get anything. And to mm-hmm. me, that was more than fair. But at the end of the day, these employers need to stop taking gratuity and paying their staff. Because when I was working on holiday and on Royal Palm for years, our gratuity used to be like 2000 2200 a month. And that's what we depend on to pay our bills because we're a minimum wage, which back then it was, what, $5, $4, something like that. So I don't understand now that Cayman has progressed so far and tourism has progressed so far that the minimum wage have dropped from over $2,000 a month to $300. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. It mm-hmm. don't. And when they were on radio came on discussing it the other day, I called in and I asked them the question, who is making sure gratuities are being paid correctly to the staff? So yeah, Radio you know came. L- let me just clarify something. Radio came and had a show on gratuities or minimum wage. I don't. I don't listen, a, so I don't know what they, they were talking about. Show pertaining minimum wage um, and to do with labor and different oh, okay. things. Okay. And they were talking about gratuities. And I, I called them and I called in and I said, well, who is the person that in charge of making sure uh-huh. that gratuities are being dispersed correctly? Oh, it, the law is there, but there's nobody to enforce it because uh-uh. we're understaffed. <laughs> that is government excuse for everything. Uh-huh. Everything. That's all you Boy, they, they need to set up a whole department. Listen to me, caller. They need to set up a whole department just called enforcement. Enforcement of everything. But enforcement of planning, is- enforcement of, of, of um, you know, DEH-related matters, WORC, immigration. Listen, the enforcement arm, the fees, like you said, is lacking. The penalty fees that they are charged. I just heard, well, when is it got charged? $150,000 or something like that for breaking uh, immigration laws. The fees that they are penalizing these people for if they go out in the industries mm-hmm. would be more than sufficient to put these groups together to go out and make sure this is being done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it mm-hmm. is hard when you work for a month, busting your butt in these hotels. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. at the end of the month, all you're getting is $300 gratuity with the little crappy wage that you're getting, minimum wage you're getting on top of that. Mm-hmm. No, it is not fair. It isn't fair. Mm-hmm. It is not. And if they say anything, they find an excuse to get rid of you. Wow. You know? So mm-hmm. it, it, it's really bad out there. It's really, really bad. I hear this every single day. I hear the people complaining about this and nothing is being done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a mess. Sandra, um, before you move on, yes. Sandra, before you move on, um, before I come off, that whoever it is that says that it's not mandatory to pay gratuity, could by, you by provide the link to that or the document to that? Is there yeah. somewhere that we could get? Please, because I, I'd like to have that. Okay. I don't have a problem paying gratuity for good service, but shitty service? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I agree with you there. I totally agree. Because I have refused to pay gratuity. I've even been to some establishment where the workers will say to me, you know, don't pay um, don't give us, don't give any extra tip in this. Just give it to us because if you pay it, it's going to go in the back and we're not going to get it. Uh-uh. Wow. So don't give any extra wow. tip. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. I can understand why they'd say that if if it's not being done. So let me try to find so, out if somebody's aware of where in the labor lot says that. I know a number of people are listening to the show. Uh, perhaps you can tell us that. But someone says... When it comes to hotel, in order to stay, you're accepting that gratuity as part of your cost for the room of services. 
And they remind us that um, Dwayne Seymour, a.k.a. John John, is the Minister for Labor. What a hot mess. Well, that needs to be rehauled and put together because I'm telling you, it's okay to have laws implemented, but for no one to enforce them is another story. And that is part of our history here in Cayman. Anyway, Sandy, don't want to hold you up because I know you have things you want to talk about. Well, honey child, this looks like this is quite an important topic, so... Um, let's take a quick commercial break. I've got someone saying that maybe Sita can assist. I don't know if they want to come on um, this morning or not, but perhaps we can um, de delve into this a little bit deeper and get some clarity on exactly how this works. Thank you, callers. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Sandy. Have a All good right. Day. Let's take a quick commercial break, folks. I mean, who knew that this was such a hot topic? Um, like I said, I don't listen traditionally to the other stations or talk shows, so I don't always know if something comes up there. Obviously, it did. Um, I don't know exactly the full context, but uh, it seems to me that um, it's a conversation that you guys want to continue, and we give you what you want for the most part. For 20 years, we've committed to helping the people of the Cayman Islands live longer, healthier, and happier lives but healthcare and the expectations of patients are rapidly evolving and so must we. We have made incredible clinical and technological advancements and achieved JCI accreditation, the internationally recognized gold seal of approval for patient safety and quality of care. So it's time for our image to reflect our transformation from a local hospital to a world-class healthcare authority with a new logo that symbolizes national duty and pride, a statement that reinforces our commitment to our patients every step of the way, with colors as bold as our mission to provide the highest quality healthcare. Dynamic, professional, skilled, committed, caring. This is HSA. Now, y'all love Popeye's for my fried chicken, but the real ones also love my salty, flaky, covered in butter biscuits. Well, biscuit fans, have I got a treat for you. Introducing new irresistible strawberry biscuits at Popeye's. The perfect balance of salty and sweet thanks to decadent strawberry bits baked right in and mouthwatering creamy icing on top. The perfect dessert for just $2.29 or grab six pieces for $12.59. Strawberry biscuits forever. Not forever, I'm afraid, honey. Limited time only and only at Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen on Eastern Avenue. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. Recover Personal Injury Attorneys. Helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. 
Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. All right, folks. Uh, welcome back to the program. So I guess we're all um, trying to learn a lot this morning about gratuities and how this works. And I mean, there are things here that I simply did not know. Um, it's a le learning process, especially because Cayman is obviously um, a jurisdiction that has, uh, you know, lots of it is tourism. And so I'm assuming that this impacts a lot of people. So, um, yes, let's, let's have the discussion. We'll, we'll get a bit more uh, information on this. So some very, very interesting things coming in. One person says, I can't understand for the life of me why these government ministers avoid coming in CMR to talk to the vast majority of the people. Who listens to Radio Cayman? Well, apparently some people still do. <laughs> Having said that, um, we do have the um, CETA president who's going to be calling in here shortly to clarify this. So look at that. CMR gets you results. So someone says... Bartenders earn over fifty-five thousand a year because of the added gratuity. I heard a bellman makes a hundred thousand U.S. per year because of gratuity. A bellman in Cayman, and um, please tell me where he's working so I can go and apply for that job. I want to be a bellman. That's probably at the Ritz or the Kimpton. A hundred thousand dollars U.S. Ooh, honey, chill. Uh, uh, uh. We could do with that because you see them rich people. They they got tippy nighter. By the way, speaking of rich people, while we're waiting on Troy to come on, did you guys know that, um, what's his name there? Usher is on island. I hope he's tipping well. Usher, if you're listening, <laughs> tip him a little bit extra, honey child. That one person says, I need that job too. Yes, we could all do it. That little job, $100,000 a year. Hello, I'd be working my little patootie off, giving you extra special care. Mm -hmm. You got you to watch certain ones of these celebrities, though, they might want something that we can't deliver on. Um, speaking of that, uh, Alejandro is absolutely ridiculous. Alejandro, you are in trouble today, honey child. Alejandro, so speaking of tipflation, what about hoflation? Alejandro, Alejandro, get out of the classroom right now. <laughs> you can't even be in the back of the classroom. We have to put you outside. You are misbehaving. Well, you know, they adjust their rates based on what's going on as well. So, you know. Sheena says, I'm working for $6.90 per hour in the condos, condos cashier pay. Cashier. Like a, in, a, in, a, um, in a restaurant or coffee shop. Oh, my goodness. Alejandro's having a laugh. Uh, Darlene says, the Ritz Bellmen are very well paid or well paid. Mm-hmm. We need that job. I want to work in different industries for a day. You know, how I want to do like, um, you know, a show about, you know, Sandy's a bellman for a day or whatever. Like, I want to see what's involved and like have cameras and stuff, you know, follow and be part of the process so that we can speak from an educated perspective a little bit when we talk about what some people are having to go through. Good morning, caller. Are you trying to call the program? That. Tell oh you I sent the link um to Jay for you to join in. Just click on that link. Okay, then you can turn video off. 
Um, or you can just call the show 936-2626, whichever you prefer. Yes. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. So this one says, I stopped telling to add more to my card for tip to the server because we find out after they never got it, need to learn to carry cash to give directly to the server. So people are saying if you pay, um, they're not paying it to the server. So people don't want you to pay your bill like that. What a hot mess. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandy. It's Troy here. Hey, Troy, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I've been listening to your show. Want to uh, just clarify a few points on the gratuities and the way that gratuities work and the way that they relate to service charges. As you know, I'm the president of the Cayman Islands Tourism Association. I also have two businesses, one of mm-hmm. which is a restaurant. So oh, I am uh, I didn't know that. also, yes, yes, uh, Vivo Res- Restaurant in West Bay is, uh, is my business as well. Oh, that's and the I one down really- Northwest Point? Yep. yep. Oh, okay. Little, little, little restaurant. Yeah, but, I've been there uh, before. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. good, good. So um, there, I think that there's a, a lot of um, misunderstanding mm-hmm. about the, the terminology in Cayman. Yes. So we, we have uh, various businesses do uh, levy a service charge. And on, on the tab, it's usually shown as a service charge. So in a restaurant, for example, it may be 15%. Some restaurants may be as much as 18%. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is, is that that is not a mandatory charge. You can ask for that to be removed from the bill. So that okay. in, the, in the customer's mind, you know, it would be seen as a tip. Mm-hmm. But the difference between a gratuity and a tip is really important because it's administered differently in the law as well. So if you have a 15% gratuity or service charge on your bill mm-hmm. and you decide to round it up to the nearest, I don't know, $5 or something and make, you know, whether you're paying by cash or, or paying by a credit card or whatever, mm-hmm. if you round that up, the difference between the amount that's on the tab and the amount you pay, that difference is called a tip. And tips are managed differently. Wait, let, g- give, me, give me that definition again. Let me make sure I can process that. Okay, so in in the in the labor law mm-hmm. and in the pension law, mm-hmm. we talk about gratuities, mm-hmm. and gratuities, generally speaking, are amounts of money that are taken by the business, really on behalf of the employee, employee, and it's administered through what is called an approved gratuity scheme. Mm -hmm. So the reference that when we talk about gratuities, that's that's really important, right? So that money is taken by the establishment and it's often pooled Mm -hmm. and it's redistributed according to an approved gratuity scheme. Now, what's really important about, so, right, but any money outside of that is called a tip. And usually that's cashed out on the night you know, if I have a server at my restaurant that comes and they've gotten an extra couple of dollars on their their tab, their ticket that they, you know, the table that they serve, they get that cash immediately. It, that's that's theirs. You know, the mm-hmm. two dollars is theirs, but the ten dollars service charge goes in. Now, when you say service charge, is that on the bill called gratuities? 
Yeah, it's okay. no, it's on the bill called it's called a service charge. Okay, so that that's where the misunderstanding. But when so it shows up as a gratuity, what is that? Okay, so so the, my restaurant will have a service charge on it, uh-huh. and that goes into what is called in our language an approved gratuity scheme. That it, there's a legal definition of an approved gratuity scheme, mm. and it has to be approved by the Department of Labor and Pensions. This is not just something we make up. Mm. This has to be approved, okay? Okay. So let's let's so let's just talk this through. So you've got a food bill. Mm-hmm. The bill is I don't know fifty dollars, okay? And then you have a fifteen percent charge on top of that. So you've got a seven fifty charge on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then you decide to round it up and add another two dollars and fifty cents because the server was particularly you know pleasant tonight. Mm-hmm. The server gets the two hundred the two dollars and fifty cents. It goes mm-hmm. into their pocket at the end of the night. The seven fifty. Mm-hmm. service charge goes into our approved gratuity scheme at the end of the pay period the all of the money that came into that approved gratuity scheme gets distributed to the staff according to an approved gratuity scheme that was pre-approved by the department of labor and pensions not only does it have to be distributed it has to be reported so you have to actually show how much money was taken in through your service charge slash gratuity scheme in the course of the month and exactly how much was paid to each individual employee. Okay, so we clear on this. and This goes on to our payslip. It's there. They, they, they see very transparently what they're being paid in wages and they're seeing very transparently what they're being paid in gratuities. Now, here's a key point. Further to that, employee withholding, pension withholding is kept on the gratuities and the employer has to pay the 5% pension on gratuities as well. So it's not, it's not like this is just money that just kind of gets slipped. This is money that is taken in, that is distributed, that is reported on, that is pensionable and pension is paid on that gratuity. That's something that is really important for everyone to understand. This is not, so there, there's a difference between a tip, mm-hmm. which is not taken in by the establishment, mm-hmm. is not distributed by the establishment, is not reported by the establishment, and, and, and pension is not paid on. So those are two different things in our jurisdiction, according to the labor pensions uh, law. Okay. So that. That's really what I wanted to clarify. Mm-hmm. Now, and 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 to clarify also, gratuities by law are not mandatory. Correct. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You have many restaurants mm-hmm. that do not put a gratuity on. And you know, and this is come and it's not only Cayman that does this, right? I mean, yes. you go to you go to, you know, even in Europe, which is, does not have a tipping culture, you know, you go to the big cities in London and whatnot, it's often added on. And a lot of times people would, you know, it started where sometimes you'd show different examples. Nobody can calculate the 15%. So it has become a you know somewhat of a of a cultural thing in North America and mm-hmm. the Caribbean, right? Mm-hmm. It has been established for many. The thing is, Sandra, is that one of the things that I feel that Cayman has to offer, mm-hmm. and and I think it's one of the th- reasons why the service in our in our country is often uh, pointed out that our service is much better mm-hmm. <laughs> than some of our Caribbean neighbors. I run 
big, small restaurant. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I can tell you that when you have this pooling of service, mm -hmm. you, how many times do you go to a restaurant in Cayman and one person takes your order, mm -hmm. another person helps that person bring your meals, somebody else checks on you, somebody else pours your water. People work in teams, right? Mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm. like you go to a restaurant in Miami where you have a waitress. She's the only person who interacts with you. When you want something, you're turning around. She's over there. Another waitress walks across your table. You're trying to flag mm -hmm. her down. Sorry, that's not my zone, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'll be that? honest with you. Even, you know, just reflecting on, we were at, like I said, Cheesecake Factory on Friday night. And, you know, somebody brought out the appetizers while the waiter was running to other tables. I mean, it is still a team effort. So the concept with gratuities then is that it is shared um, amongst the entire team. Now, what about people who are saying that managers are dipping into this and taking this? Are managers um, traditionally entitled to a take of the gratuities as well? Okay. So first of all, I can't speak for any specific establishment because yes. the schemes, the schemes are documented, right? The mm -hmm. schemes are documented and they're approved. Mm -hmm. So, so if a manager, you know, I mean, again, it's your definition of manager, right? You could have mm -hmm. a front of house manager who isn't the owner of the business or something mm -hmm. like that. I mean, so, so they are also working the front of house. But, but the important point is that this is not something that, you know, some HR person or some owner of a business can go, oh, grats were really good this month. I'm not going to give, you know, the full amount. I'm going to take some of it. it mm -hmm. That's not the way it works. You have to report just like you have to do for pensions. You know, if you mm -hmm. do pension payments, right, you have to say, this is what my employees earn. Here's the 5% for their with, uh, withholding. Here's the 5% for the employer contribution. So if we have a lack of enforcement, that is another issue. That mm -hmm. is not the issue, right? We have the law. We have the legislation. We have the schemes in place. These mm -hmm. schemes have to be pre-approved. These schemes have to be reported. Mm -hmm. You know, I would find it very difficult to understand what one caller talked about, where the gratuities in low season is exactly the gratuities in high season. Because I can tell you in every bit of information that I have seen, including what is in my restaurant, mm -hmm. high season gratuities are usually two or three times the gratuities mm -hmm. in low season. But it is one important thing that we must also remember is that in the low season, you are still not allowed to pay your employees below the minimum wage. So if your gratuities do not meet the minimum wage, the, the, the company has to make up the difference. So there's not, you know, it, it really, it's an important clarification. They, when the term slave wages and whatnot are thrown around, I cringe because I know that I have seen Slips, and I've seen documentation where individuals are earning thirty or forty dollars an hour mm -hmm. because they're good and they work for a good company, and that company, you know, has a thriving business with the volume that is necessary. Most service workers, mm -hmm. when you say I want to hire another employee, whether it's a housekeeper or whether it's a waiter or something, they say no, 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 no. That no, we can handle it because. Because they want, you know, they work as a team. They want to have the opportunity to earn that money. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel that I'm not saying that there are not some rogue mm -hmm. companies out there. Yes. I, I can't speak to that. But I am telling you, 
what I have experienced, what I have been told, what I have been shown mm-hmm. is that we have a very clearly defined methodology mm-hmm. for taking gratuities slash service charges, pooling them and distributing them fairly to our mm-hmm. workers who are actually well paid. And people are usually shocked when they realize how much can be made in the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not for everyone, but let me tell you, if you enjoy this sort of work, you can make money. Servers mm-hmm. often do not want to be promoted into management because management don't get the tip. It's like, no, 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 I'll stay as a server. Yeah, I've been a server for 10 years, but I'll stay as a server because you know what? I can make five grand a month. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so I think that it is important for us to really peel back the onion and understand all of the different aspects of how remuneration and income actually happens. Mm. But one important point to remember mm-hmm. is that gratuities that are taken in and distributed through approved gratuity schemes, mm-hmm. the employee has to pay their pension on that, and mm-hmm. the employer has to pay their pension. In the law, it is considered income. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave Might you I interject? Mm-hmm. Yes, we have a caller. Hold on one second before you sure. go, Troy. Maybe this caller might have a sure. question for you. Go ahead, caller. Um, Mr. Troy, good morning. Thank you for coming on. Um, I'm still not clear. I mean, I'm I'm not a business owner, Mm -hmm. but could you clarify? I mean, I heard you talk about gratuity scheme. The the gratuity money, does it go toward, um, you know, I'm sitting down and I'm using up AC in your restaurant. You know, somebody has to clean up after me in the restaurant. is that what the gratuities goes towards? Okay, so if if a business in layman's yes. terms, sir, please. Okay, so, so <laughs> if a business, yeah, if a business collects, if a business collects five thousand dollars in gratuities, yes, or service charge in the month, right? So every tab, you know, you'll have a, a, a computer system. The computer system says this is your sales, and the computer system says this is your gratuity, right? So mm-hmm. if my computer system shows me that my restaurant took in, you know, whatever, three or $4,000 or whatever it is in gratuities in the month. My report to the Department of Labor and Pensions shows at the top, I took in $4,000 in gratuities. And then it shows how much I paid out to each employee. So here's the front of the house, the servers, waiters, here's the chef, here's the dishwasher, everybody. Mm-hmm. And that total at the top means total, the, the, the total at the bottom, which is the total that I paid out. Every penny that comes in mm-hmm. as a service charge must be paid out and must be reported how it's paid out. So, so there's, you know, whether the money goes into the bank account, washes hair, that, you know, the point is, is that every penny that comes in must be paid out to the employees in a scheme that is pre-approved and must be reported on every pay period. Every pay period, not once a year, every pay period. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's highly regulated. Highly regulated. No, sorry, Mr. Troy. I, 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 um, I'm, I don't think I, I was clear in what I... Okay, so I sit down at a meal. I, okay, if I call in, if I call pick up food, I place an order and I come mm-hmm. to pick up food, right? Mm-hmm. And the price of that meal is I don't know, let's say $50, right? Let's say it's for me and somebody or something like that. I pay $50 for that meal. I pay no gratuity, right? Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to where I come and I sit down in your restaurant. 
I get that same meal, the meal is fifty dollars, but mm-hmm. on top of that bill is a fifteen percent gratuity. Fifteen percent is what yeah. a ten percent that's what ten dollars, right? Around ten dollars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What I'm asking for is that ten dollars extra on my bill, what am I paying for? Am I paying for the AC and the lights that I'm using up? Am I paying for somebody to clean up after myself? What is the ten percent? What is that fifteen percent gratuity for? Okay, so in our in our culture of a service charge or a gratuity, if you if you had to directly link that to something, it would be the service provided by the employee, not just the server that's taking your order or is bringing you your plate, but you know the the support staff behind that server, the buses, the assistant servers, the chef in the kitchen, the sous chef, the dishwasher. They all share in that. And every penny of it goes mm-hmm. to them. So, mm-hmm. so that's exactly right. It's 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 a non-mandatory but specified amount that we're asking you to pay that is going towards the provision of service. And this is not unique to Cayman at all. <laughs> not at all, right? This is this is quite universal. It's long-standing, right? Uh, and and it leads to very good service by very competent teams. This is why, Sandra, this is why mm-hmm. people will leave North America with a university degree and come to Cayman and be a server because they are earning thousands of dollars a month. Okay? Mm-hmm. So this, this is why we have the quality of service mm-hmm. that we have in Cayman. And we, I am not going to... We have exceptional service in the Cayman Islands. Sorry, before, I'd like to interject once more because I, I don't want to go off track of my point. Well, if, if that is the case, if that is the purpose of the gratuity, mm-hmm. why isn't that baked into the price of the meal? Okay, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. Here. Let me just add one more person. They might have a question for Troy, so I want to just uh, join the call one second. All right, folks. So great opportunity to ask some questions here if you have any. But I have um, a question for yeah. the CETA president. What, one, what, one second. Um, Ca- caller, caller, sorry, hold sorry. on, hold on, hold on. You're coming in hot and heavy, but let's have him answer the previous question first. Um, Troy, okay, so, so what, the question yeah. then that that caller is asking is why not incorporate that into the price of the food itself? Okay. So if we if we work in an industry, Okay, that has a set way of working that is long-standing, that mm-hmm. is universal. Do you okay? To change that is monumental. Just think of you as a user, right? You come mm-hmm. and you see a headline price. It's like seeing an airline ticket, right? right. An airline ticket is a hundred dollars, but you got to pay twenty-five dollars if you want to carry your luggage, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the reality we we operate in a consumer market environment. So obviously, the headline price of anything is going to matter. So why would my small business, who has had this arrangement for years, say, I'm going to raise my prices 15% and I'm going to do away with the gratuity? I mean, it Mm -hmm. would not make business sense for me Mm -hmm. to do that. Not Not only that, but in the name of transparency, I mean, CUC says this all the time, um, in their line of, of business, they are more transparent 
than a lot of other um uh, like utility companies, right? So, you know, Flow and, and Logic and all these people, they're charging you that stuff. They don't, they just don't break it down in the way that CUC does. CUC breaks it down. So you see what the fuel charge is. You see what your kilowatt usage is. You see all of these elements. It's completely transparent. I can imagine if you tried to incorporate it into the food price, all of a sudden people would be like, oh my God, why is a plate of spaghetti $25 now when it used to be $10 or whatever? You know, they'd be cussing because they're not understanding. So I think really it's to keep things aligned in a way that makes sense. So the price of the food is for the price of the food. It can still be removed. It can still be removed from the bill. If you don't get the service that you think that you... Right, exactly. You can have it removed from the bill. So it's still an... And it's not mandatory, yeah. But then what's the purpose of a tip afterwards? But the tip is not... No, No one asks for a tip. What I understand thinking. that, sir, but I'm trying to. Because some people want to go, people some people want to go above and beyond. The tool. Yeah, let me let me ask you another question, um, mm-hmm. Troy, to explain this one because we did get an example, and I'm going to throw this up on the screen for the benefit of our viewers. So someone said, you know, they're still a little bit confused about where the money goes. So now that you've explained that there is this, um, you know, gratuity scheme that has to be Call registered. Yes, that's fantastic. I mean, I didn't really know that. So this person is asking, so the 15% on the bill goes to everyone. If they do an extra percent then for additional tip, who does that go to? Is that only going to go to the person serving you? Okay, so it depends on the establishment, okay? Mm. So here's, so very typically, you know, that tip is not a lot of money, right? So... You know, the, the culture in the establishment might be that the server of that table takes that. I also know some establishments will pool tips and the shift shares the tips. Do you, do you understand what I mean? So in mm-hmm. other words, you know, the extra $2, $3 here kind of goes in. They're cashing out at the end of the night. They've got mm-hmm. $200 and there were four people, you know, working that night on the it's usually to the front of house, right? It's to the to the servers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they, they so they might agree between them that mm-hmm. they're going to pull tips, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I have a I have a private charter business, and you know when my when we run charters and an amount of money is given by the guest to the crew, we have two crew on our boats. Mm-hmm. That money is split between the two. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the way we do things. But that's not an approved gratuity scheme, right? That's a tip. Mm-hmm. So so different businesses. So that's not subject things. to pension payments and not at, yeah. not at all. Yeah, exactly. That's that. I don't even see that. I don't even know how much it is you know, um, in terms of running the business, right? So that's what I'm saying is that the, t- the term gratuity and tip is used interchangeably, but they are two different things, not mm-hmm. only from a business standpoint, but also from a legal standpoint. They're two mm-hmm. different things. Hmm. So okay. to be clear, my, fin- my final thing before I go, so to be clear, if I go to a restaurant and I get subpar service, I can ask for that to be removed, and they have to remove that gratuity charge. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, the only thing that they can charge you is actually what is on the menu, Mm -hmm. and usually most menus will say a ten percent or a fifteen percent gratuity will be added. You know, but absolutely, that is not a mandatory payment. You Mm -hmm. have to have that removed from your bill. And here's another point, um, caller. One second before you go. Uh, J.A. Hart makes a fair point. He says gratuities only go to employees. 
not for electricity or rent. That 15% goes straight to staff only. So if you incorporate it into the food, you'd see where it'd be very, very difficult to then figure that out, right? Because the cost of the cost of goods, and I'm glad we're having this discussion because we've talked about businesses and stuff before. When you figure out how to price an item, included in that is your cost of goods and cost of operating your business. So everything from your rent to your utilities to whatever else is your cost of doing business. That is included in the price of your food. To put that together with the price of gratuities, you, you wouldn't be able to split it in the way that you really have to legally. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we said that we're going to roll back decades of the way that this is done and is Mm -hmm. done throughout our our, our jurisdiction, our hemisphere, you know, we're going to change this. This would have an unbelievable effect on businesses that have this model. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we would lose employees because you've got schemes that are set up. You know, the kitchen is paid at this wage, the front of house is paid at this wage, the waiters and servers, they get, you know, this percentage of the gratuity, you know, schemes are devised for, in some cases, you know, in my business, maybe eight or nine people versus, you know, four or five or 600 people in Mm -hmm. a large hotel. So you imagine changing that and saying, oh, we're not going to do it this way anymore. Now, gratuities Mm -hmm. are going to go into prices. So different people at different levels get paid different Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, yeah. So, Absolutely. oh, say, sorry, say that, say that bit again. Um, different people at different levels get paid. No, no, I'm, I was just asking for him to clarify because uh-huh. I was saying, so, okay, and so and for example, um, the server versus exactly. the, 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 the dishwasher the versus. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, so I would the, assume the chef would have been paid the same because if I ordered the meal out, I mean, I'm assuming that money, some of that money goes to the chef anyway, so I wouldn't even include the chef in no, that. But. Yeah, but, they, but the thing is, and again, it's not in every business, but in our business, for example, the, what we call the back to house, the kitchen, the chef, they also get a small amount because, again, it's this whole team, right? So, so some businesses may, and, 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 and here's another important point. If you want to change the scheme, the employees have to agree to the change. So a business can't just suddenly decide, well, oh, we're going to do this change. So mm. this money belongs to the employees. They agree how it's going to be distributed. It, it's documented. Mm. So the Department of Labor and Pensions approves that. And you have to report against that to the penny every pay period. And mm. it's pensionable, right? Mm. So... This is not like just this slush fund over here that the company. All right, hold hold on one second, Troy. We have another person we're going to just put on hold. Um, What we do is we'll put you in hold and then join. So I think we've got four people on at the moment. So sorry, Troy, go ahead. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is that this is not just some money that is just the business does with it what it wants to do with it. This is a scheme that's set up. Employees agree to it. It's approved. It's reported on, and we pay pension on. Okay. All right. Stay, Troy, can we beg you to stay on the line and just answer a few more questions for us? Yep. yep okay. Hello. All right. Wonderful. So again, we've got Troy Leacock on the line, folks. He's the president of the Cayman Islands Tourism Association. So one person says, Sandy, can you ask Troy, can a restaurant refuse to serve a customer who refuses to pay gratuity? Well, if it's not no. mandatory, I wouldn't think so. No, 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 absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. What about gratuities and takeout orders? We see that happening sometimes. Is that? Uh... Well, I I have to say, um, I have to say that uh, that I, you know, I've encountered that um, in one establishment, <laughs> and even somebody being in the industry was like, "Wow," you know. Um, so yeah, it's uh, again, it's it's 
an individual business, right? I guess that 5% or whatever they're charging on takeout that goes into their approved gratuity scheme. And it's maybe what the previous caller said, you know, uh, the, the, the back of house is still cooking the meal. The front of house is taking the order there, you know, whatever they're greeting you, whatever. So maybe, you know, in that model, um, you know, they feel that they're warranted at having a 5% or whatever mm-hmm. takeout. It's also like some restaurants have 18%, you know, mm-hmm. some might have, hotels in particular might have 20%. So again, you know, the law and the, and the industry doesn't dictate the amount. You could mm-hmm. have a restaurant that opt for a 10% service charge. It doesn't have to be 15%. Mm-hmm. But, the, what, but the point is, is that if we are taking it in, Mm-hmm. then it has to be distributed to the employees. It is not the restaurant's money to do with what it wants to do with. It is money that's taken in on behalf of the employees and must be distributed according to a pre-approved scheme. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, here's a, you know, some people are still confused. I'm glad Troy is taking the time to explain this. So um, Bink says that grants go towards chefs, hostesses, dishwasher, cleaners, and servers Salvin says, why not call gratuity gratuity at the collection point rather than a service charge? Now we're collecting service charge, convert it to gratuity. So the name of what it's what is collected changed, but the collection doesn't make it easier uh, rather than confusing the whole thing. Collect gratuities and pay out gratuities. Well, okay, let's just think about this for a second, right? Look at how confused we all are here talking about gratuities, right? So, you know. The label on the ticket probably legally doesn't matter whether you have gratuity. I mean, I think I've seen some menus that said a 10% service charge. Another will say a 15% gratuity. I think that, you know, what's important is that you understand the words, right? Service charge gratuity effectively Mm -hmm. means the same thing. Tip is different. And that's really the distinction. Yes. And it's important that you understand them in the context of Cayman as well. Exactly. Exactly. You know, in the, in the U.S., you know, the words gratuity really aren't really thrown around, right? Yeah. Service charge. People understand that. I mean, you go into some restaurants that have, I, I haven't seen any in Cayman, um, maybe I don't do that enough, but, you know, I've been into restaurants, and, and restaurants in Europe, by the way, that there's a bread charge, right? Mm-hmm. They bring bread to your table. You haven't asked for the bread. They bring the bread to the table, and you got a tab, and it shows bread charge, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for bread, right? So, but that's, and that's very much a European thing. Yeah, so they charge you for the bread, right? Um, so again, you must understand that you know there are different cultural, economic, business models, reg- regulation models, and mm-hmm. we must not just have a knee-jerk reaction to saying this is how it should be. Because the important thing is that Cayman has an excellent scheme, right? Maybe there's a bit of enforcement here and there that you know needs tightened up. I'm not saying they're not some rogue operators, but generally speaking, Cayman has an exceptional remuneration schemes for service industry, and that's why we attract the very best in the world to come and offer service in Cayman. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is attract the very best Caymanians into the service industry. That's mm-hmm. what I want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is the kind of information that we need to make sure get out to our young people that they understand the kinds of careers that they can develop in the hospitality and accommodation industry in Cayman, and they can make very good money. It's mm-hmm. not for everybody. You have to work Sundays sometimes, you have to work public holidays, you have to work odd hours. When everybody else is relaxing, you're working because they're relaxing at your establishment, right? So it's mm-hmm. not for everyone. 
But if you are the kind of person that would like this, good money can be made here. Mm-hmm. All right. We had another call in the line who had a question for you, caller. Um, ending in, uh, I think, 1110. Hello, caller. Hello. Hi. Yeah, Hi. Yeah. Hold, hold on. I think it was the, the other one that had the question. Go ahead. All right. And whoever has their radio on, please turn that off for me. Um, my question to Mr. Lee, um, Katoy, is that if grants were never mandatory, why they wait so long to actually come out and publicly speak it, right? So you how restaurant that charges you, if you look at their receipt, charge you grants and services service charge and um how is our is pizza or the pension board because pension board always messing up is so sure that the staff is getting the grant and it's not going elsewhere they can't put their head on the top block for the grant because they don't know where they're going you can send a report that it's going somewhere when it's not it has well, happened before okay so i mean i'm not saying that somebody couldn't make a mistake or intentionally misreport, okay? That's Mm -hmm. possible with anything. That's Mm -hmm. possible with immigration laws. That's possible with pension. You could could underpay your pension. You know, you could say that you have health insurance for your your employees and you don't. Mm -hmm. But everything is auditable, right? Everything, Mm -hmm. you know, most restaurants run on a point of sale system. Right, and this is where enforcement comes in. exactly. I mean, so, you know, and and the thing is, the thing is, Sandra, okay, Please listen to me really carefully on this, okay? No one is going to work in a job in which they feel they are being underpaid. Mm -hmm. They will go to another establishment. People move between restaurants and all the time because we are always looking for good staff. The food and beverage service, the restaurant industry in Cayman is always looking for talented people, right? And it's much easier to take somebody from another restaurant than to get a work permit and bring them in and all of that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, right? So it, so people in the restaurant industry will move around all the time. They're always looking for that next better opportunity. You know, I was a, an assistant cook in the kitchen and now I could be a, you know, a chef over here or, you know, I was a, an assistant server or I was a server in the smaller restaurant. Now I can move up to, to this, you know, more profitable restaurant. So we have to pay market rates in order for the employees. This idea that there's this slave labor is absolutely, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, if you're in the industry, it's, it's laughable. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's laughable because we have to pay the money to get the quality of staff that we need. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you go out in Cayman, you know, and if you travel, you know that the service that we provide in Cayman in our hospitality and accommodation industry is second to none. And I mean, any country, whether it's North, you know, Canada, United States, we have the best service, I think, in the world in Cayman, all right? Mm-hmm. And the only reason we get that is because we employ the best people, and the only way that you are going to employ and keep the best people is to pay them what they feel that they deserve. It's that's, as simple that, as that. Not cutting Mr. Troy off, but that's his opinion, because I've traveled the world, I've had top-of-the-line top service. I've had a server come every one minute, every two minutes to make sure that your service, the service we get here now, a lot of us complaining about it because mm-hmm. the service doesn't smile, 
they're not polite, they're not professional, if they're not going to Well, I can tell you one thing. It, it's all, it's certainly so, all relative, caller, because, um, you know, recently I, um, you know, was telling people I traveled to Jamaica on a, a family trip, a cousin was getting married. And um, I thought the restaurants that, that we went to, a lot of them, their service was lacking. I'm like, I get better service in Cayman any day than what I was experiencing there. So I guess it's just all a matter of, you know, we you can all say. You have to have a passion. Yeah. And that's across the board, no matter where you are. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you got people going in jobs just to say they're in a job to get a paycheck. Yeah. And expect yeah. you to give them grants and give them tips. And if you Regardless of the, of the level paid, of service. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But th those are my... Uh, Thank you so much, caller. So appreciate it. So let me just, again, I'm not sure that this other um, listener's point was clarified. So she said, if she, if like you have a gratuities line, then you have one for additional tips. She wants to know if that additional tip line is going directly to her server, or is that also then going to go in the pool of gratuities? It's not a separate line on the receipt. No. The, no. So if if the receipt shows a 15% service charge, or, or I mean, it's could even possibly be worded gratuity. But if if the calculation is in the bill, mm -hmm. then that is uh, that is that is administered according to the approved gratuity scheme. If there's another line that says tip, and I think a lot of receipts will have that, and you mm -hmm. put two dollars on that, then that goes into either directly to that server. I mean, in our case, you know, at the end of the night, the, the server will say, "Well, I have seventeen dollars extra." And they'll just cash that out. If the culture in the restaurant is that I take my 17 and you take your 20 and she takes her 11, and we're going to pull it all together and split it you know, between the three of us. But it's a tip. The restaurant is not involved in it. It doesn't calculate it. It doesn't monitor it. It doesn't distribute it. it it's something that is goes right to the staff, basically. You know. Mm -hmm. okay. So the staff determines how that's done or management determines how that's done? Um, I mean, I guess, again, different establishments, right? Usually the, the staff will, will, you know, agree between them. I mean, there's, there's a culture, you know, in the business, you know, that this is how we do this. Um, I think more often than not, it's, it's a small amount and it's, you know, in many cases, it's probably taken by, by the main server. But again, like I said, I, you know, if the main server says, boy, you know, dishwasher, you guys really cracked it tonight or the kitchen was really busy. You know, here you go, ten dollars each or whatever from my tips or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, these people work—they they work together for long hours, right? Relying and supporting and helping each other. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, um, different businesses have different cultures, right? Mm -hmm. and, you know, so but but we must not sit outside the industry and presuppose how it works. It's, mm -hmm. You know that we cannot do that. We have mm -hmm. to understand how it works. Mm -hmm. All right, one more caller is on the line, I believe. Caller, you have a question or comment? Hello, caller? Oh. Boy, are you still there? Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm okay. still there. Um, I'm not sure if they got disconnected, but uh, 936 bubble is a telephone number. So again, folks, Troy, we really appreciate you coming on the program to answer the questions that have been coming in hot and heavy for you. Um, some of you know, people I think are confused. I think this has certainly, for me, clarified um, a couple points. Damien says it depends on the business if it's pulled or separated to the server. So again, hopefully that answers that person's. It's it's so shocking that we all eat out and we all utilize um, these services, but so few of us actually know how any of this works. <laughs> yep.
it just, you know, we, we had no clue. So if nothing else that has come out of this, at least we'll have some degree of clarity. Now, in terms of the minimum wage, obviously this is a discussion that's on the table. Um, someone made the point, let me just read this comment here, that an important point to input here of the $6 minimum wage, the companies only pay $4.50 and the company can use gratuities to pay the other $1.50. So the question is, are or should gratuities be a part of the minimum wage? Okay, so the, the, way, the way that the law is currently drafted um, is uh, if you receive gratuities under an approved gratuity scheme, so mm-hmm. let's just make sure we understand that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you receive gratuities under an approved gratuity scheme, the minimum wage that you are paid can be the lesser amount. So it can be $4.50. So basically, it, what it says is that the minimum wage is $6 unless you are paid gratuities as part of an approved gratuity scheme, in which case your minimum wage is four fifty. But in no event, in no pay period, shall you be paid less than $6. So if your gratuity is averages a dollar an hour in that pay period, you mm-hmm. get four fifty and you get a dollar, the company has to pay you the additional fifty cents. So you can still not receive less than the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. If you go on vacation, if you go on vacation, if you're sick, maternity leave, you are paid at six dollars an hour. So the company mm-hmm. is still still has to make sure you're not right. paid less than the minimum wage. But if the company has an approved gratuity scheme and your gratuities in any pay period is more than takes you above the $6, then the wage can be $4.50. So you, it doesn't have to be $4.50. It could mm-hmm. be $5. It could be $5.50. But it just allows that establishment to, to pay you less than the mm-hmm. legal minimum wage of $6. Yes. And, but you have to be, you have to be registered in an approved gratuities scheme uh-huh. okay? okay that's the important point that's the, right unlike in the united states where if you're a server i think the federal uh the federal minimum wage for servers is something like two dollars you know uh, i mean i'm just kind of pulling this a little bit off the top of my head but what mm-hmm. i'm saying is, is that in the united states which doesn't have the kind of regulated things that we're talking about in Cayman, if you're a server you don't have to be paid the $12 or whatever, which is the minimum wage. You can be paid. So let me, let me tell you what it is, because this is so interesting. Right. I had no idea. Um, according to the Department of um, what is the hourly wage for tip workers, federal law sets the minimum basic wage, cash wage, at $2.13 per hour. But many states mandate a higher amount. So thank God for that, because whew, so, that's yeah, something. But every, but- but the point is, right, is that yes. every jurisdiction, whether it's federal or whether it's states, recognizes mm-hmm. that there is going to be an amount of income mm-hmm. that comes in through tips, gratuities, whatever. That, that's universal. Bermuda just this year implemented a minimum wage. Mm-hmm. The minimum wage, I think, is 15 Bermuda dollars, which you know, more or less the same in the U.S., I think. Mm-hmm. But if you are paid gratuities, mm-hmm. the entire amount, not just the dollar fifty, as it is in Cayman right now. The entire amount can be paid from gratuities. So mm. you know, it, this is this mm. is not unique to Cayman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If anything, Cayman has the most heavily structured, um, clearly structured, 
and heavily regulated and enforced. And that's why we mm-hmm. attract good people in our mm-hmm. service industry. Yes. Well, I know what they're—they're they're dying to come here. I mean, we have more—we have more Canadian workers much. in the service industry than anywhere in the world, and I mean, Thank people from much. all over the world. You know, just over the weekend, Troy, we're going to start to wrap this up a little bit. But I saw a comment that gave me pause, or a person was like, "Oh, you know, I took a trip to Austria, and okay, man, it's just we—we're horrible here. We have so much to do." And I had to pause and said to myself, "You know, it's amazing when people get a little bit of exposure to you know something else. They get to travel, which is the importance of traveling, really. Um, we all of a sudden want to put." Down our own country about how horrible things are, but everything is relative. Every country in the world has issues. And most of the time when you go on vacation and holiday somewhere else, you don't get to see the issues. You get to see the glam and the nice hotels. And the person who's showing you around is showing you the best that Austria has to offer. They're not taking you to the slums of Austria. If they have slums, I don't know anything about Austria, but you know, they're not taking you to those places. You don't get to see poverty. You don't get to see all these other issues that they're struggling with. Living here, you see the full reality of a country, especially a country of this size. So I always try to take my hats off to, yes, we're not perfect and we have a lot of work to do. We don't want to go down, you know, this tumbling road of things never um, getting any better and any improvement. But we're still one of the best places in the world. And the reason why your Austrian boyfriend has come to the Cayman Islands, there's a legitimate reason for that. Yes, absolutely. You know, many people see. You know what I'm saying? It's normally the money. Yeah, it's normally the money and opportunities that are here. So don't don't be too quick to knock this little rock um, when so many people are dying to come here. And and the crazy part is not only are they dying to come here, but they're able to you know set themselves up in businesses and industries and do all this stuff that Caymanians just sit back and complain and can't hustle and do for themselves. It, it is important for for us, industry leaders, government leaders, community leaders. It is important for us to make sure that we're educating and motivating all of our Caymanians, especially young Caymanians, to take advantage of the opportunities that others come here and take advantage of, right? But, you know, that has to start from really um, uplifting each other, mm-hmm. not tearing each other down, and making sure that we are, mm-hmm. as you say, looking for the positives with what we have here and making sure that we are giving the correct information. So many people feel that, you know, the tourism industry, the hospitality industry or whatever, you know, it's on the paid and all that. And nothing could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. Nothing could be further from the truth, right? Mm-hmm. And we've got to make sure that that information gets out there so mm-hmm. that people really understand the opportunities and say, hey, yeah, you know, I don't want to work in a bank mm-hmm. wearing a tie. I would love to work on the front desk and greet guests or I want to work on a boat. Or I want to be that bellman that's making 100 grand a year. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Now it's seasonal, right? So yes. you're not the kind of person that can earn three times more in March and April, but then, you know, struggling, you know, in October. Yes. If you can't manage your... Your, your, your finances, you yeah. Your finances, you can't manage your lifestyle and whatever, then it's not true. It is a seasonal business. Mm-hmm. Seasonal, it's long hours, it's weekends, it's public holidays. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it's not for everybody. Yes. But for those who love it and develop a career in it, they make very good money. You pay fractions at the hotel rate when you travel within. Mm-hmm. If you work for a hotel chain, you can travel and, and pay a fraction mm-hmm. of what the, the rack rate is. I mean, there's, there's huge benefits. Yes. The, even, we even get benefits amongst ourselves in the industry, you know, right. industry discounts and things like that. 
is a tremendous opportunity. I don't think that there's any industry. Well, education is pretty important, you know, but in terms of, but I don't think that there's any industry that is more fun to be in, more vibrant, mm-hmm. that you meet more people, more interesting people than our tourism industry. And that, mm. yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I just simply will mm-hmm. not let anyone knock it down and say, you know, we're not paying fairly mm-hmm. or whatever, because nothing could be further from the truth. And of course, if you work for a company that isn't paying, you need to report them to DLP. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. and you know what you're going to do? You're mm-hmm. going to go to another company because believe you me, everybody's looking. Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody is looking. We have thousands of people in this industry and any good business in Cayman is always looking, especially Caymanian, you're looking for good Caymanian. So mm-hmm. believe you me, if you're working and you feel like you're being, you know, uh, underpaid or mismanaged or whatever, there are going to be other opportunities out there. For mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Because we, we, we work in, an, in a market economy and we're subject to market forces. Mm. All right. Well, Troy Leacock, president of the Cayman Islands Tourism Association. Uh, we had a comment here from one of our listeners. And um, let me just get pull up his name here. His name is, I think it was Anthony. Alberto, sorry. Alberto says, please give my gratitude to Mr. Troy. He has cleared up a lot of things. Um, he's cleared a lot of things up and elevated my understanding. Now I will explain to my friends and family when they visit, some of their criticism is wrong. So... Um, another person who works has worked HR in the industry says, I'm so grateful that Troy is on air. Thank you so much. Oh, well, that makes me feel that thanks for those comments. I appreciate uh, it. Listeners, I appreciate it because sometimes you feel, you feel beaten down, you know, so I really. Yeah, no, it's, that. it's, you, you know, so it takes time to educate people. And yeah. um, normally you have to say it more than once. Maybe what CETA should do in conjunction with some of the hotels and some of the other properties is start to put together some PSAs out there so that they can get circulated and people can, yeah. you know, have an idea yeah. of exactly yeah. how all of this works. I think that would be exactly. awesome. We, we, education and information and transparency and all that is definitely part of what we have to do. There's mm-hmm. no question. And, I, and I'm realizing that more now as mm-hmm. I listen to, you know, to shows and, you know, like yours this morning, I'm realizing, wow, okay. You know, we just, we're in the industry, right? So we assume, well, of course, mm-hmm. everybody knows that, you know, <laughs> right. you make good money here. Well, who doesn't? But then you realize that there's yep. just a lot of misconceptions and misinformation out there, and we've got to address that. So, yes. Yes. So thank, thank you. For the opportunity. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. All right, my dear. Today. Have a good one. Okay, then. All right. Bye-bye. We do have another call. And let me, speaking of PSAs, there's an important one. But I want to play very, very quickly in case you start to run out of time because I've got an 11 o'clock. I want to be at that big announcement this morning. But listen to this quick PSA um, from the health ministry. Really important information, folks. Make sure that you share this. The STEPS 2023 National Health Survey has been extended to September 3rd to maximize participation and give us the best data possible. If you've been chosen to participate, please say yes to Step 3. For more information, contact the STEPS team on 936-4969 or email mhwsteps at gov.ky. All right, folks, and we're going to be having them come on the program and you're going to learn some more about STEPS. But in case you missed that show, um, really STEPS is about the health ministry trying to collect health-related information and data. They're going around to different homes, door-to-door, collecting this information so they can make better decisions. The, the ministry needs to be able to prioritize you know, where we need certain services or whatever. And the only way they can do that is they, if they have an accurate idea of the health and pulse of our health as a nation. Caller, good morning and welcome to the program. 
Um, good morning, Sandra. Minister Brian here. Good morning, Minister uh, Brian. I'm morning. gonna. I'm. Can I? Can I twist your thumb to get the the goods before eleven o'clock? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing uh, with you. But ooh, uh, sounds, sounds... a couple more minutes left, so we, uh, you might as well might as well hold up. But I'm certain that you'll be the first one to press the send button to let everybody know exactly. Oh what yes. It is. Oh yes. Definitely. <laughs> we will be uh, on with, it. With, uh, with that being said, I want to say this this morning's show was an amazing show because it did bring a much needed dialogue to the topic of minimum wage and gratuities as the minimum wage committee is currently doing the review to give to us as a cabinet and as a government to approve or disapprove. So the public's input into this is going to be essential to the minimum wage committee to mm -hmm. give us the recommendations. Now you gotta remember now that uh, even though we are lawmakers, we are legislators, we um, depend heavily on the technocrats to analyze the current um, J, um, labor market to give us the best advice on what is the best steps moving forward, uh, what's the best price, whether gratuities should be involved or shouldn't be involved, and if they are involved, what percentage and so forth. So we're going to be taking the guidance of the minimum wage committee. Mm -hmm. So they are doing public feedback right now. So the country having a discussion like this, like this morning, hopefully the minimum wage committee members were listening uh, so you can hear feedback. And I know that they're going to be doing um, some, some town hall meetings starting next month. Mm -hmm. I encourage everybody go out to those meetings so they can hear from you. Um, I know a lot of the organizations like CETA chamber has already given a lot of input into what they will use in that report, which ultimately comes to a conclusion to us to accept or not. Mm -hmm. um, and we want to make sure that the average labor worker gets their viewpoints in as where they see the amount should be and why it should be that way and how it should be constructed. So thank you so much for today. I do mm -hmm. think the minimum wage committee is having an online poll, which ends on the 31st of, of July, mm -hmm. which is different from the district meetings. And mm -hmm. it would be great for people who may not be going to these meetings to put their input in there. And you know, you could be a voter, non-voter, Caymanian, non-Caymanian, as long as you're not just a visitor. As long mm -hmm. as you're a resident in the community, you can participate in that um, online um, survey monkey poll. It gives them content to consider when they make the recommendations to, go to, to government. Because remember now, we're not the technocrats. We're going to be trusting this committee to give us the best recommendations so we can implement, hopefully, before the end of this year. So thank you again, Sandra. Mm -hmm. The discussion today was perfect and, and need, needed and timely as mm -hmm. this report is being developed for us to be, I think they're expected to have it finished around the end of October, if my memory serves me well. Bearing in mind, I'm not the, um, the Minister for Labor, but minimum wage does affect heavily the tourism industry, so I have to monitor it closely, mm -hmm. though I'm not the minister responsible for it. So again, thank you so much. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you, too. All right, folks, um, we hit some some really good points today. Again, you know, this is a perfect example of the um, collaboration that happens with, you know, industry um, expertise, listening to the program, um, you know, saying, hey, we'll call in right now, give you guys information real time, where it makes the most impact. They're able to answer your questions while it's on our mind. So big shout out to um, our caller from the beautiful district of West Bay who kicked off this conversation. This was not even planned or on the agenda today, but look at that. We've all learned an amazing amount of information. Thanks, Catherine. She sir, uh, shared the SurveyMonkey link there in the chat. Please go ahead and click on that. Um, so Omar has gone back to the landlord issue. Um, yes, Omar, we're hoping by next week we can have uh, the housing um, 
the housing committee, um, housing, what do they call themselves again? The housing, hold on, tell you the proper name, housing task force. Uh, give us something that might help in relation to that, Omar. So hopefully they have also been listening. Um, Douglas says, thank you to Minister Brian. Uh, Tamika, sorry, says thank you to Mr. Brian. So yes, you know, um, obviously we're trying to keep a pulse on the community here and what you guys are saying and what is happening. And we want to ensure that uh, we're getting accurate information out there. Your concerns and issues are being addressed. And, you know, as much as we can get resolution, the better. Um, having said that, I want to give a big shout out. Someone informed me yesterday. They said, Miss Sandy, after your show on Thursday, um, I had some amazing results. They said, Miss Sandy, look, look here, not saying nothing on the show. Well, we're going to mention it a little bit. Um, but my landlord um, fixed something um, that they've not fixed for quite some time. And imagine if that was not because that would not have happened because of your show. And they said, please, um, thank you and continue doing what you're doing. So, uh, you know, yeah, people, people are paying attention. People are afraid, um, but in a good way, because, you know, I tell people you have zero things. They said, oh, you scared a lot of them landlords out there. I hope so. Because if you were listening to the program and you're one of these slumlords, you need to stop it because we're going to, we will start naming and shaming you and posting up pictures of, of the, the, like I said, caskets in, in the corner that you're trying to rent people. We're not vampires. You know, people need to have some human decency. And we all work so incredibly hard, whether you're paying a mortgage or paying rent, that when you go home and you put your little head down, you want to be able to, at the very minimum, be comfortable in your space. It doesn't have to be a mansion, honey, to make you comfortable. But broken down appliances, no proper access to showers and waters and all this kind of stuff, living with roaches trying to squeeze you out of your bed, that kind of thing is just unacceptable and disgusting and unacceptable. Uh, some people got snakes living in the house, landlords refusing to call in the exterminator. Y'all going to be called out. Stop the nonsense now. We can't be having this kind of behavior in our beautiful Cayman Islands. I'm just saying. Cameron says Sandy's hammering one nail at a time. Sandy's a real champion round. Yeah. Ooh, honey child, the nail that I really want to hammer this morning, but we didn't get to, but we'll be hammering that with a big sledgehammer tomorrow is Sedoni Mother Sill. That girl is still going places, despite the fact that everybody is questioning how and why. Ooh, we'll put in the agenda first thing tomorrow. Um, Health City's on sabbatical until, what month are we on? July, August, so back in September. So um, we're quickly approaching the birthday month of August, so y'all know what that means. It's party time. Mm-hmm. Honey child, make sure y'all tune in, because I got some great prizes for you all. You're going to be so tickled pink. All right, so I think that's pretty much all she wrote. I do want to get to the press conference in person today. And guess what? Today is the day I go pick up my birthday present. Woohoo! Okay, so I'm going to do that as well. Oh, yeah. Sandy treating herself good this year. It is what it is. So listen, y'all have a fantastic rest of day. We'll catch y'all tomorrow morning, 730, bright and early. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth. 
on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels. And visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 